What's up, everybody, and fear not, for Anime Baby is here! This is your host, the podcast hero, Mike Key. Get it as in Mike, as in microphone, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and joined with me, as always, is... <laughs> the giggling, the stupendous, the heroic grin, your co-host, Ryan. And welcome to the first episode in a little summer series I like to call... Summer of Heroes. Oh yes, we're bringing you nonstop hero action this summer. Yes, Summer of Heroes is a little project I've been planning for this uh, podcast for quite some time now. And what it is, is uh, starting this month and going all the way to the end of the summer, we'll be talking all about My Hero Academia. So yes, we are coming back to My Hero after a bit of a month-long hiatus. Oh yes, a month-long hiatus, but one that we've been eager to get back to again. Oh yeah, because like, you know, we covered season one back in March, and at the end of the podcast I mentioned that uh, we're for sure going to come back and cover the rest of the anime at some point, and well, that day has come! We just couldn't wait. <laughs> no, like, I I even, like, spoiled it when we did our, like, uh, Toonami uh, panel at Anime Detour when we were talking about My Hero, I've just said, like, yeah, we're totally going to do more, so stay tuned for that. And so it has come. Yeah, so I posted the schedule on the show's Twitter page, but I'll just go over it again here. So uh, this month, we'll be talking about the first half of Season 2. Then in June, we'll cover the rest of Season 2. In July, we'll start on Season 3. And in August, we'll wrap up Season 3, and then we'll do a second episode that month. So you get uh, two episodes for the price of one, and the second episode will be on the My Hero Academia movie, Two Heroes. God, we are going to be spoiled through this whole summer on My Hero content. Yeah, it's a My Hero kind of summer, so like, uh, whatever you're doing this summer, you the listeners, whether it's traveling, working, or just straight up enjoying this fine season, your boys here are going to be bringing you all the hero action throughout these, uh, throughout these months. And also with uh, Season 4 set for this October, so, like, you know, you can get caught up on the series, like, with us throughout these uh, next few months. For a second, for, like, a Summer of Heroes, we were just going to, like, review nothing but hero anime, too. Like, <laughs> Tiger and Bunny, right. One Punch Man, Samurai Flamenco, which nobody fucking cares about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you're probably going to get some hate for that last one. <laughs> no, no, I won't. Nobody watches Samurai Flamenco. Two people will hate you for that. Yeah, two two people will hate me for that. <laughs> but they'll get really angry. And one bot. <laughs> <laughs> 
So usually uh, at this point, at the start of these podcasts, I do a little preamble where I talk about the whole production side of things, but, uh, you know, I already did that when we covered uh, season one back in March, and it's still the same going forward. They retained everyone who worked on the first season for season two and three. So, you know, Studio Bones doing the animation, Kenji Nagasaki directing, Colin Klinkenbeard directing the dub, with Jeremy Kratz doing the dub scripts, and also the dub cast is mostly the same, save for a few new additions I'll get into. Yeah, really there isn't much difference between these two seasons at all. They've kind of kept the uh, quality consistent between the two. Yeah, and, like, uh, the only real difference is that instead of now, like, uh, 12, 13 episodes like the first season had, this is a full 25-episode season. I know, they went overboard. <laughs> yeah, just, like, it It feels like, uh, you know, with season one, they were, like, th- thinking, like, okay, we'll, we'll try this out, see if this is gonna be a thing people want to watch, and then if it's successful, then we'll go all out and do a two-core season next time. Right, then we'll just, like, blow, then we'll just, like, have a big, like, hero blowout for everybody. Yeah, just, like, full, like, what, six straight months of My Hero Academia airing every week weekend. So also, if you want to know what happened last time, go check out our Season 1 podcast right now. It, it, it's okay, we'll wait. Alright, you listen to it? Great! So, with all that out of the way, Summer of Heroes kicks off with My Hero Academia Season 2, Part 1, the Sports Festival arc. So without further ado, let's start the show. First things first, I always want to talk about is the opening. This season, we have Peace Sign by Kenshi Yonizu. Uh, what do you think about this uh, new opening? Mm, I don't know. It's I, f- I feel a little mixed about it. I don't know. Like, uh, like, like for the as far as like the visuals go, it's nothing too like bombastic or anything. At least like when it's starting up, you know, showing people like stretch. And, yeah, like, they're kind of like, like getting ready, getting warmed up. It's and like all I that. get it. Everybody's like you know getting all limbered up for like the upcoming festival. You know, it, it makes sense. You know, plus yeah. it, like plus it shows their, like the determination of everybody to like do their best and stuff. Like it's fine. And although the music, I don't know, the music just um. I don't know, I think it's okay. I like the I liked the first opening way more, because that was like the big opener to the series that was getting everybody enticed, you know. Oh yeah, like when you follow that, like it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough act to follow. But this one is just like, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, it's it's a good song, but like it's it's nowhere near as like 
the amazing stuff that is the day from season one. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, especially now having heard the the later ones too for like the later openings for the series. I'm just like, eh, it's it's all right. Yeah, and but yeah, they get better as they go along after like this uh, mildly all right one. Yeah. Though uh, one thing we normally do want to talk about here is uh, I want to kind of briefly go over the uh, the little ending theme here because like I think this is probably like one of my favorites little end credit sequences in like the entire show. Uh, the song is called uh, Dakara Hitori Janai, which translates to uh, Therefore I Am Not Alone by Little Glee Monster. And it's all about like all the 1A girls just kind of like all hanging out together. And it's just, it's a really cute ending sequence. <laughs> I can't deny it's cute. I can't deny it's cute. Yeah. And one thing I kind of like is that uh, halfway through these first set of episodes is that they kind of change it to like a bit of a springtime thing. So like in the first half, they're like in their winter uniforms with like the blazers and everything but in the second half it's more like uh, springtime there's like cherry blossoms and stuff and they're all in their summer uniforms and stuff i kind of like that little little detail yeah yeah kind of yeah it's it's it sort of denotes these ideas of like the future coming up and like you know these young folks getting better and whatnot and really sprouting and blooming themselves and plus it just also shows off that uh, the 1a girls are like the greatest girls in anime ever oh yeah definitely like the, the ending has got to get that across yeah so while the op is kind of all right the ending is probably like the best thing so let's get right into the show proper with the first episode of Season 2. That's the idea, Ochako. So after a brief recap, we get right back into the story following the events of the USJ incident. One day after the incident, no less. So yeah, no rest for the weary here. Yeah, no therapy for the weary either. <laughs> nah, they'll be fine. <laughs> Had to deal with a bunch of villains, very traumatic experience, one of their teachers almost died. Nah, they're, they're alright. Jesus, well, like, this is... I can't believe I'm jumping into a point, like, already as we're starting this. But, like... <laughs> Really, no therapy for any of these kids who nearly saw their teachers get killed. <laughs> nah, real world experience, man. <laughs> I guess, but like, oh god, I, I wonder. I, you gotta imagine what like the therapist of like this school has to be like. <laughs> oh man, they must have like some kind of like. Because like, think about it. Real like heroes and regular in like you know U.S. comics or like just any other comic general and stuff. They they always have such like bad angst <laughs> and suffer such bad loss and have <laughs> such bad psychological problems. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, that's one thing I've never, I still kind of don't understand about My Hero to this day, is that, like, for, for all the good it's done, they still have not explored any of that, like, the kind of, like, scars that would be, like, taken upon, like, an actual hero. Now, on the other hand, I'm forgiving towards that, because, you know, it's, like, the series has made it clear we're just here for a good, fun time. Right. Like, good shonen fun, you know? Right. But, come on, it's got to come up for, like, at least one kid. We can address it, like, once. For like for like a series that like addresses some pretty heavy topics on the side, like I think it would come up. Maybe like the school therapist has some like kind of really amazing therapy quirk that allows them to you know like kind of heal all the mental wounds and scars from like any student that comes to them. That is going to open up such a big can of worms, though. Oh yeah, <laughs> a quirk that just gets rid of mental illness. Probably that's kind of, that's that's a whole another manga in itself. Yeah, that could be an entire series right there better than vigilantes <laughs> well i i can't say anything about that series because i haven't read it yet <laughs> but i don't know it's it's it, it looks a little lighthearted in parts a little too much for my taste mm -hmm. but again it's my hero so i'll have to give it a chance one of these days right so we get a voiceover from all might writing a letter to a certain someone telling them about the story of how he's taken young izuku midoriya under his wing as his protege and how despite his struggles, Deku's still giving in his all, and that he still has the potential to become an incredible hero. Uh, more on the recipient of this letter at a later time. So later that night, at UA, some of the teachers, including All Might, discuss the USJ incident and the Leaguey Weegee. No, I won't stop calling them that. 
In particular, they bring up Tomura Shigaraki, the ringleader, and how they get over how even though personality-wise he's kind of, uh, he's very immature and very much a man-child, but he was still able to round up a group of baddies to, like, follow his every lead and everything. So that's kind of very impressive how someone like that is able to, like, wrangle up all these villains. I find it, like, funny that they just comment that they were just, like, common street thugs elsewhere and stuff. So oh, I can yeah. only imagine where they even got them. <laughs> he probably had, like, Kurugiri walk through, like, all the, the bad stri- the bad side of towns all over Japan to kind of round up these baddies. Just captures them out of nowhere, like, yeah, on, like, he uses on, like a whole... single day. Yeah, like, some thugs are just on, like, a street corner ready to cause some trouble, and then all of a sudden a warp vortex opens from under them, and now they're in, like, their little bar hideout. What if they were just all of Kurugiri's past bar patrons? <laughs> 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 I mean, that, that bar... Or has got to have some clientele. They've got to have some connects, you know. Oh, maybe that's how they pay their tabs. <laughs> work for work for Shigaraki, and we'll like uh, let your uh, let your tab. Uh, we'll forgive all your tabs if you just like mess up the place at UA. Yeah, just mess around with these like students and try to attempt to kill the symbol of peace, and uh, we'll forget your uh, we'll forget your debt. Yeah, just go crazy, guys. Just go crazy, and then you'll be welcome back in the bar again. Right. <laughs> I'll bring, I'll bring out the beer nuts and pickled eggs again. <laughs> so the heroes feel there's something more to this Shigaraki and that maybe there could be someone else who's guiding and nurturing this young villain, similarly to how the heroes uh, nurture and guide these UA students. So, you know, someone's really giving their all for one person, but maybe, maybe someday we'll know who that one is. Perhaps, perhaps. Not today, but with this mis- that mystery will be solved. So the next day at school, Class 1A have all recovered quite nicely after dealing with real villains for the first time, and some of them are excited to know that because of the attack, they got some of that sweet, sweet publicity. So everyone will know of Class 1A. Oh yeah, nothing nothing says p- good PR like busting up some villains that like gang, like gang up on you. Yeah. <laughs> but it's back to work for these kids, and it's time to get prepared for the annual UA Sports Festival. So what is the UA Sports Festival? Well, with the rise of quirks, sports competitions like the Olympics have become less and less important, and people turn their attention to the UA Sports Fest to get their competition fix. That's kind of, that kind of doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> why would you, why, why would the Olympics, like, become less of a, less of a, like, public, like, global thing? With the addition of quirks, that doesn't make any sense. Well, with the Olympics, there had to be, like, some rules where, like, you can't use your quirk if you have any, or it's mostly focused towards people who don't have quirks. Oh, so you mean, like, the Olympics actually dug their feet in and said, like, no, you can't use quirks, like, at all here. You have to be, like, a regular person. (laughs) No, we live in a society with rules. We have rules here. This isn't nom. We have rules. Probably the worst move the Olympics ever made. (laughs) (laughs) Because afterwards, like, they were just bringing in, like, normal people or people who had to have their quirks inhibited. (laughs) And then meanwhile, all these, like, academies around the world, they're just like, we can make some money off this. (laughs) (laughs) So let's hold our own own Olympics, but with quirks. (laughs) And that's how UA gets such good funding. I kind of like to imagine now, like, uh, say, you know... You know, Michael Phelps at the Olympics getting ready to swim and, like, win another gold medal. And there's just, like, three people in the crowd watching him now. (laughs) Because they're all like, yeah, he's good and all. He's very impressive. He's, like, you know, an athlete of a generation. But he doesn't have a quirk. You know, it'd be a lot cooler if he was Aquaman. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, basically, the UA Sports Fest is a way to see young up-and-comers of today show off their skills to prove that they can be the next big heroes of tomorrow. 
So basically, it's the equivalent of an NXT TakeOver special. Now, I'm kind of imagining as uh, All Might is kind of like a, a big Papa Triple H coming out to the start of an event, cutting a promo under a single spotlight going, We had a vision for change. You made it a revolution. We told you we're the future. And you told us the future is now. We are you a high <laughs> and the crowd's going you a high you a high you a high <laughs> yeah keep keep working on that fanfic dude <laughs> <laughs> oh man wwe developmental but like everyone has quirks <laughs> it would work it would work it would, work it would definitely well. work or hell, just like write there, write like a wrestling federation that takes place in the universe. Ah, that'd be ah, so good. There you go. That'd be great. Then again, if you look at some of the wrestlers in New Japan, you'd think they'd have superpowers. Oh yeah, you'd think. Yeah, I can just now imagine a team of like uh, a quirked up uh, Los Angeles kind of running around with all their superpowers and stuff. Oh, can you imagine like a like a quirked up Okada as the rainmaker? Oh, he actually makes it rain. <laughs> yes, rain money. No, he, he can create, like, storms. Like, first comes the rain, then comes the storm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, Tetsuya Naito, like, when he does, like, his little eye thing, he actually just shoots lasers out of his eyes. Tranquilo. Ah, uh, tran Yeah, that's his correct name, Tranquilo. <laughs> Tranquilaser. Tranquilaser. <laughs> God, we gotta write this down. Yeah, oh, definitely. So everyone is pumped up for the games, but no one is more pumped up than Uraraka. Which is strange because she's usually pretty laid back. And uh, when this is happening, when she's getting all fired up and everything, uh, Mineta here tries to make a really tasteless PMS joke. But luckily, Sue just slaps him in the face before he has a chance to. Thank you. Thank you, Sue. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Uraraka is going to do her best. Yeah, get fucking hyped because she's going to do her best. I know. she's going to do my best. She's going to kill a motherfucker. Like, she's kind of hyping up the rest of 1A, getting in their faces saying, I'm going to do my best. And like, yeah, yeah, we're going to do our best too. So why is she so fucking hyped, you ask? Well, you see, it's part of the whole reason why she came to UA and why she wants to become a hero in the first place. It's all about that money, money, yeah, yeah. Money, money, yeah, money, yeah. Money, 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 motherfucker. <laughs> millions of dollars, millions of dollars, millions of dollars. <laughs> but it isn't because she's greedy, it's because she wants to support her family. See, her family runs a construction business, and times have been tough for them. So Uraraka wants to make it as a pro hero, get signed to a good agency so she can ease her parents' financial problems. Which is a really, really noble way of, like, wanting to become a hero. Yeah, it is. It is quite. Although I wonder, although I always wondered uh, what brought her off from, like, uh, joining the family business and just supporting it with her quirk. Yeah, we did have that like, flashback where, like, she wants to help the family business, but her parents are just like, no, you should follow your own dreams. You yeah, you follow your own dreams, girl. Like, yeah, you, you shouldn't, don't need, like, you know, worry about you, us. Yeah, don't worry about us. Yeah, we'll be fine. It's all about you. You need to, like, focus on, like, what you want to do, little baby Ochako. <laughs> More just amazing parents in this universe. Yeah. Also, funnily enough, with, like, Uraraka wanting to, like, uh, be a hero for money, this isn't the first time uh, her actress, Lucy Christian, has played a shonen, a main shonen girl who's in it for the money, because she's also uh, Nami from One Piece. Nami! <laughs> <laughs> Lucy Christian is just chasing chasing that money wherever she goes. Right. <laughs> and also, funnily enough, like Uraraka, Nami grew up poor in the story, and that's why she's uh, very greedy as she is. Oh, weird little parallels there. <laughs> yeah, so, but, uh, you know... You know, Uraraka, she's kind of more wholesome than, uh, than Nami is. Right, right. Nami has a little, like, room for the adult. Yeah. 
But yeah, this is just so admirable, and I especially love how uh, when she tells Deku and Ida this, uh, they're both immediately understanding of it. They get this, they're like, yeah, no, you want to support your family, like, we totally get why you want to do it for the money. Right, I, I like that they, they don't, like, chide her for that or anything, or, like, it's not, like, a big, like, point of contention or anything. Like, this this whole, the, the whole hero business is, like, at the end of the day, like, a job like any other, so if you want if you want to get, like, a paycheck out of it, that's fine. Yeah, and why do we do, do jobs? We gotta make money to live comfortably. Exactly. Of course, this also opens the doors for uh, bad people later in the series to chide this idea Ooh. and hold it to like a greater standard. I'm not teasing anything there. I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying like, you know, it opens some doors because I can totally imagine like some hero purist later on saying like, no, you don't do this for like the money. You do it for like, because you want to protect people. You do it because you want to maintain justice. You don't do it for anything else. Yeah. Anything else is like ignoble, you know? And I think that's just genius. Right. Also, one thing I love about the scene is how, like, uh, Ida really showing his support for Uraraka by giving her a big round of applause, going like, That was beautiful! So noble! Bravo! Bravo! Bravissimo! Giving her a little one-man applause. Yeah. Also, bravo to you, Tatum, for that little uh, bit there. <laughs> <laughs> And also, like we already talked about that, the little flashback with uh, little baby Uraraka talking to her parents about how she just wants to, like, help them out. But they're like, no, you should just follow your own dreams. And it's just so, it's so fucking sugary sweet. I feel like I need an insulin shot. And I'm not even diabetic. <laughs> <laughs> and also, holy shit, is baby Uraraka super fucking adorable? I don't know, all the, all the little kid versions of, like, these characters are amazing. Yeah, yeah, like, her and Deku, like, also, like, we talked about, like, you know, Shoda in our Miss Kobayashi episode about cute kid characters, but, like... You know, as good as he is, he doesn't hold a candle to, like, the baby versions of all, like, the uh, kids in My Hero. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. I'd give credit to the little purple hair wizard boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, like, that, that just that just nailed it for me right there. Like, that's, that's like, perfection. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's <laughs> but a tough call. But, but they all, like, but all of it, seen all, but this... My hero here has variety, though. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, you got you got all kinds of like everyone being cute. Yeah, exactly. So many cute little fuckers. You just want to like own as Funko Pops. <laughs> <laughs> Look at their dead eyes. Uh, but do you know what else is adorable? All Might being here to simply ask Deku if he wants to eat lunch with him. <laughs> this is like a mean Joe Green moment right here. For yeah. Deku. <laughs> hey kid, catch. <laughs> I love like Uraraka reacting to it. Where like. This is a thing that I've noticed with the series, starting with this season, when, like, any character, like, laughs or, like, has a big reaction, they kind of do this weird kind of almost, like, spit take thing. Like, you ever notice that? Uh, yeah, I have noticed that in some parts. Yeah, just got, I always kind of get a kick out of that, because it almost looks like they're kind of projectile vomiting at, like, how <laughs> cute something is. So, Ida and Uraraka wonder why All Might wanted to talk to Deku, and then they remember that Sue brought up in the previous season that how they have very similar quirks, so maybe there's a bit of a connection here. A connection that one Shoto Todoroki has taken note of. Meanwhile, in the teacher's lounge, All Might talks to Deku about the festival, with uh, his time as the symbol of peace slowly dwindling and coming to an end. All Might tells Deku that he needs to think of the festival as his grand debut. Show the world that you're the next symbol of peace, and proudly say to them that you are here! So, no pressure. <laughs> yeah, no pressure, kid. You're just gonna be like... This is just only going to, like, define your career for the next 20 years. <laughs> I mean, you just got done dealing with, like, real-life villains, so, like, uh, what's a sports festival to you, man? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, on to that sports festival, the next episode, Roaring Sports Festival. So, how is it set up? Students are separated by year, and each year is comprised of a hero course, support course, business course, and general studies course. They compete in preliminary trials, and whoever makes it past that goes to the finals where they face off in one-on-one -on -one battles. 
So My Hero Academia following the long-standing shonen rule of always having at least one fighting tournament arc in your series. Every single one, almost every single one I know has done something like that. But yeah. it's, at the same time, I, I can't deny, I, I can't chide any single shonen out there for doing it because it's such a cool idea. Yeah, like, it doesn't matter when you do it as long as you do one because, you know, One Piece has Dress Rosa, Hunter x Hunter had Heaven's Arena, Yu Yu Hakusho had the Dark Tournament, Naruto had the tuning exams. Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball like, solidified it. Dragon Ball, like, has a martial arts tournament almost every other arc. I know. Dragon Ball is ma is made, like, if, if like, if the, I don't know, like, if, like, the f individual fights are, like, the brick, the tournaments themselves are the mortar. Yeah. Like, the second half of Dragon Ball Z is nothing but tournaments, because you had, like, the Cell games, and then you had the stuff with, like, right before Majin Buu showed up. Exactly. Even Black Clover eventually did their own tournament arc. I'm sure it's fine and dandy. Even one, yeah, and even One Piece had, like, Dressrosa, Yeah, too. that was, like, way down the line, but, you know, they still did it. Even they eventually got to it. So, yeah, My Hero, like, playing the tournament card nice and early, yeah. <laughs> getting people interested. And with, like, Yu Yu Hakusho, the Dark Tournament is, like, one of their more famous arcs. Like, they even made video games based off that one single arc. Right, right. So we're pulling for, so it's pulling from a very long tradition here. Yeah, so keeping that, keeping that long-standing tradition going. Thanks, My Hero. <laughs> So, understandably, Deku is a tad nervous going into the sports fest, but uh, what's even more nerve-wracking is 1A's got some stiff competition in the form of all the other uh, different classes, specifically Class 1B. They're mortal foes. A.K.A. the students who missed out on being in 1A, so they each collectively have a chip on their shoulders to want to do better and try to, like, hopefully impress the right people to get into the getting to swap classes with them. Yeah, and as we'll see, they're, they're no pushovers themselves either. Yeah, so all these students come up to a 1A's uh, classroom after school to tell them that it is on, like, Donkey Kong. <laughs> they're, they're throwing down the gauntlet. Specifically, one student from General Studies, Hitoshi Shinzo, played here by Gerard Green. And with Bakugo here being Bakugo, he just blows them all off saying, like, yeah, whatever, if you extras. <laughs> <laughs> He's already making it clear from the beginning. <laughs> Like, I'm going to destroy all of you. Yeah, it's like, you are nothing to me. You're all just a bunch of worms underneath my feet. Who gives a crap who you are? I'm motherfucking Katsuki Bakugo. Oh, yeah, he's turning up the heat here. Yeah, he is. And Bakugo flexing that heel power. <laughs> <laughs> and personally, like, yeah, I don't blame them for wanting to have this vendetta against 1A because, like, you can see where they're coming from being just, like, that close of making it to, like, one of the top classes only just to miss out. They looked at how Mineta got in there, yeah! and they all, like, immediately had, like, a grudge yeah, rise up in their throats. They're all just thinking, like, how do I miss out on 1A, but this motherfucking grape-headed turd makes it into 1A? Literally every member of 1B could replace Mineta. Everyone can replace Mineta. <laughs> I would take the whole class of 1B over, well, save for one person of 1B, I w but most of 1B I would take over Mineta. Exactly. I would trade them in a heartbeat. <laughs> So, with the sports fest two weeks away, it's time for a training montage. So, we see, like, all the different 1A students trying to, like, practice their quirks. Yeah, but they go by pretty fast, though, I noticed. Yeah, it's, pre it's pretty quick, but we do see, like, everyone just trying out their quirks and trying out some new moves and stuff like that. To be honest, it's, mm, I don't know, it's, I don't know, it's a little bit weird, but, like, knowing that, like, they all work on their, like, quirks later on and get, like, special training, I guess they just didn't want to, like, dwell too hard on this. Right. I think they more just wanted to focus on the fact that we are bringing all these quirk users together and they're just gonna, like, beat the shit out of each other yeah. pretty soon anyway, <laughs> so it's like, who cares how green they are? Just show them training up a little bit, like, give them a little bit of a taste to show that they're all working hard. Yeah, just get, get yourself all, warmed Yeah, because that's all this, that's all, that's all this is really for, is just showing that, like, they're all, like, working hard to... Uh, just train up for this. Yeah, they're just getting warmed up. We're passing time. <laughs> <laughs> 
So everyone and their mother is here to witness this once in a year event and this year it's all eyes on the first years as their stadium is jammed to capacity as everyone is itching to see the new batch of young heroes in training. Even more so considering one class got just got done dealing with villains so you know they must be good. Yeah, the whole crowd is hyped for this. Jesus Christ. It's like half of Japan came out to see yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure, like, the entire, like, all the businesses, all the schools are probably, like, on some kind of, like, vacation because they gotta make sure everyone's gotta see the sports fest. Right, like, they're all shutting down because, like, the, the UA fest, <laughs> like, the UA uh, festival is coming. Yeah, this is, like, the biggest event of the year, you know? Fuck off, Wrestle Kingdom. Fuck off the Olympics. Fuck off, WrestleMania. It's all about the UA Sports Fest. Yeah, you don't book any other show around this. <laughs> so 1A is set to take the field, but before they do, Todoroki approaches Deku to let him know that while he knows All Might is probably in his corner, he's still gonna beat him. And poor Deku is getting pressure from all angles, because, you know, you have All Might saying this will be his grand debut, 1B declaring war, nearly every hero and civilian in Japan is watching, and now Icy Hot over here is throwing down the gauntlet. Jesus, don't give him a damn panic attack. <laughs> Just let him breathe, people. <laughs> Especially given Deku is one of the most anxiety-written protagonists I've ever seen in a shonen. Oh, God, yes. But I think that's what makes him so much more special and, that like, was, human, that's, though. That's what makes him so endearing and almost and really real. Right, right, because it seems like he's trying so hard to, like, work past these, like, problems he has. Yeah, like, anyone can be, like, a Deku here. Yeah. And also, I just like to point out with, like, all these, like, declarations of war, like, even Kaminari points it out, like, saying, like, man, there's a lot of declarations of war lately. <laughs> <laughs> but despite all this, Deku isn't gonna back down, and he's gonna give it his all and aim for the top. He's out to prove to everyone that he isn't a B-plus player, and when the world tells him no, he's gonna get in their face and tell them, YES! 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 Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, Deku's just totally shown in Daniel Bryan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but is Daniel Bryan as, like, anxiety-written, though? Probably not. He's, cer he's certainly more. He's certainly greener than uh, <laughs> Deku in many ways, and more in your face about it. <laughs> like I don't see Deku like an angry about like uh, all meat hamburger and just stepping on it. He de Deku's not making his costume out of like entirely out of hemp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I would love to see that now. <laughs> <laughs> hemp suited. <laughs> he's just wearing like a shitty burlap feeling like, costume. <laughs> Looks like terrible with like the ears on it <laughs> but his little mask is kind of made out of wood and it's got little rocks in it <laughs> also considering his costume was made by his mom i'm kind of wondering like oh man mama midori do you know a guy completely completely biodegradable <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know once it gets ripped up by uh it, he's fighting bakugo and like when he gets hit by an explosion like some smoke comes out and everyone just kind of chills out a bit <laughs> He just gets a little high. Yeah, <laughs> they're all cool now and saying like, "Oh man, why, why are we even fighting, man?" <laughs> Let's just put on some Bob Marley a little <laughs> bit and just chill. I'm jamming. <laughs> <laughs> and so the other students from uh, the rest of the hero courses, general studies, support, and business courses, all make their grand entrance into the stadium with one A leading the way. So one A is the more important ones. Everyone else is just kind of jobber fodder yeah everybody just get up to the side 1a coming through it's like here comes 1a and uh, everyone else well, we're not gonna like give too much credit to like the support like class you know no. making support items and stuff and during this we meet our commentary team for the event which is aizawa on color commentary and on play-by-play -play, of course is present mike both of whom are now sporting new dub actors starting the season going forward with Aizawa now being played by Christopher Wakecamp and President Mike played by Dave Trosco. Really? I didn't notice. Yeah, so... Uh, I absolutely didn't notice at all. Like, yeah. I'm just, I just found that out right now. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm not kidding. 
So yeah, I'll explain this as uh, Alex Oregon, who played Aizawa in season one, was unable to come back to the role because he wanted to focus more on his uh, theater career, which is, you know, totally understandable and wish him the best. But uh, unfortunately, with Sonny Strait not being able to come back for present Mike, it's kind of more of a sad reason because uh, during the simul dub, he had uh, vocal issues and had to go in for surgery, actually. Oh. And when he healed up, he was just unable to uh, play in present Mike because he just couldn't do the voice anymore. And it was just also a vocal strain. Is he doing better now? Oh, yeah, he's doing better now. Is he still playing like uh, he's still playing Krillin in Dragon Ball Super and he's still playing Usopp. So he's still able to do some of the more harder roles on his voice, but yeah, he couldn't do present Mike anymore. Oh, okay. Okay, it's good that he's doing better, though. Oh, yeah, it's still good that he's still able to do those two guys, at least. Oh, yeah, we can't we can't lose you yet, Sonny. Yeah. There's still so much more Usopp for you we to still, voice. We still have a lot of stuff for you to do, Sonny. So, sad to see them go, but, uh, you know, like he said, like, it's barely noticeable, and they all they both do a great job. Yeah, I didn't notice. <laughs> yeah. It kind of took me a little while, because, like, you can kind of hear it in present Mike's voice that that isn't Sonny straight. Mm, yeah. But with, like, uh... Aizawa, it's like completely unnoticeable. And joining our commentary team for the Sports Fest is the MC, the Rated R Superhero Midnight, played here by Elizabeth Maxwell. Oh god, your girl. Oh yeah. <laughs> One of my girls. I wonder why. <laughs> She's got nice hair. <laughs> no, my, my girl is still to come later, way later down the series. Oh, okay. Way later. Oh, okay. All I'll say is that she has a rabbit theme, and she's not a bunny girl. Okay, but she... And that's what makes her fucking awesome. Okay, but she's uh, second to Yayorozu to you, right? You, well, I like them both in like different ways and okay. stuff. Yayorozu, I like as a character. The the rabbit girl later on, she... It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> I, li I like her for your reasons for midnight okay <laughs> nice hair <laughs> nice ears <laughs> and on pawn seeing midnight i'm just kind of thinking suddenly suddenly a lot of kids watching this event in the stadium and at home are now asking their parents why their pants got tighter for no reason just think about baseball son <laughs> i love someone making the comments saying that uh, that outfit should come with a warning label <laughs> Parental advisory. <laughs> also, Mineta, keep it in your fucking pants. <laughs> Watching you. Everybody's looking at Mineta like, don't say a word. They just all look at Mineta and just like, I swear to God, if you say anything, I'm going to rip those balls off your head and shove them up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Midnight Midnight automatically adding like a TVMA rating. <laughs> Her presence on like any program raises it to a TVMA rating. <laughs> oh, man, I'll have to check back at the ratings for the old, for the Toonami brackets and see if they actually did raise the rating. <laughs> anyway, Midnight calls up Bakugo for the student pledge, where, where usually you get to get on the mic and promote good sportsmanship and healthy competition, you know, may the best man win. But uh, nah, not our boy Bakugo here, as he has none of that and proceeds to call his shot and declare that he's going to win. Almost kind of reminds me of a bit of an NFL reference here. Matt Hasselbeck, a former quarterback, we're like uh, going into overtime of a big game. He was uh, doing the coin toss, and he said, like, uh, he got the coin toss right, and he goes, like, okay, do you want the ball? And he's like, yeah, we want the ball, and we're going to score. Ooh. And all the other students are just like, boo! <laughs> Fuck you, Bakugo! How dare you say you win! He's just automatically putting targets on everybody's backs. He's basically becoming the uh, My Hero Academia version of uh, All Elite Wrestling's MGF here. <laughs> <laughs> they should have got like like anti one class one A chance going. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you one A. <laughs> Fuck you one A. <laughs> one B rocks. One B rocks. <laughs> And I love uh, Ida's just giving out to him as uh, Bakugo's like kind of going back into the group. Ida's just going like, what the, what the heck are you doing there? Why'd you do that? And he's just waving his arms around. 
and like Bakugo, it, you you broke him here. It like reaches a point where like he's not even saying words; he's just making noises. <laughs> I swear, Ida one day is gonna have like his own action figure, and it's gonna have like a high gauged like action shot to it. Oh man, you press one button on his back, and his arms just start flailing all. Every around. time you press the button, it does like a completely different arm chop gesticulation. <laughs> Or maybe he's, like, one of those, like, old toys where, like, if you press the button on the base, it kind of, like, falls down and falls back up, so you can just repeat that over and over again. (laughs) (laughs) Though, Deku knows that Bakugo is going into this with the full intent of pushing himself in order to win. So, you know, listen back to our Season 1 podcast to hear about, you know, Bakugo's Texas Smash-sized chip on his shoulder and how years of being told how awesome he is, only to see others pass him has become one big motivator to him. So time to get things started. The first game is The Obstacle Race. Starting from the inside of the stadium, students will run a 4-kilometer track, which is about 2.5 miles, and ending back in the stadium. So they run around the stadium and then end back at the stadium. And as long as you stay on the track, you're allowed to do whatever you want to win. You know, standard track and field stuff we do over here in the U.S. Yeah, you know, like, uh, remember back in those old track and field days back in uh, elementary school where we all had our, used our superpowers to do, like, uh, hurdles and stuff like that? No, I just fucking hit all the hurdles <laughs> all my way through. Like, okay, that's smart, too. You just you just had to pick, like, three events to do, and, like, one of them, not, and, like, you had to do at least, like, one running course. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, I sucked at all of them. Because <laughs> yeah, well, that's what happens when you force kids who are not, like, physically adept to go do physical events just to, like... And increase the fucking machismo of your fucking school. <laughs> and to be honest, I didn't fare too well either. But uh, be warned with this race, as there are many obstacles that are coming your way. Like the very first one, which is the narrow exit outside the stadium, where everyone gets stuck almost Three Stooges style in the hallway. You know, the kind of going, whoop, 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 move it, shot ahead. 20 kids just getting fucking trampled. Oh, yeah. <laughs> feet, like, foots, feet to their heads. Ah, why would you wear cleats to a sports fest? <laughs> Five are just dead outside the <laughs> gate. Uh, I'd be happier to see more trampling. <laughs> I was always just like, they were the weaker ones. <laughs> <laughs> gotta we-, we called the herd. We gotta weed them out. <laughs> but Todoroki is able to bypass the first obstacle by using his ice quirk, and the rest of 1A and most of the other students are able to avoid getting frozen today by using their own quirks. Most notably, we see Shinzo being carried by a few students who have noticeable blank expressions on their faces. Hmm... And Mineta tries to uh, take a shot at Todoroki, but he is clobbered by the next obstacle, the giant battle robots from the entrance exam. They had leftovers, so they were just like, eh, throw it in the course. <laughs> yeah, you didn't you didn't manage to destroy at least f- four of them, so why not use them? Guys, we, we gotta get these properly destroyed or else we don't get our money back on yeah. these. <laughs> we, gotta get, we gotta get that uh, mail-in rebate. <laughs> <laughs> and like before, Todoroki is able to get past them easily, which looked awesome, by the way, the way he used his ice quirk to, like, uh, freeze all the robots in place. But uh, the others are not so lucky as they have to think quick or else Todoroki is gonna get a bigger lead in this first game which leads into the next episode in their own quirky ways. So when Todoroki froze some of the robots, he intentionally did so when they were off balance, so so that would cause them to like actually fall on some of the students in their frozen state. Ooh, that is underhanded. But uh, thanks to their quirks, some of them make it out all right. One of them being our famed gay icon, Kirishima, who has a hardening quirk in case you forgot. And the other is <gasps> One B's Mega Boy, 
Tetsu 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 Tetsu. <laughs> played here by David Wald, who is uh, pulling double duty as he also plays Snipe. This is his name literally translate to Iron 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 Iron. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> he has the best name in the show. Like when I, I love his name so much. When I first heard there was a character named Tetsu 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 Tetsu, I laughed my ass off so hard, thinking like, no way this kid is real. And I'm just like, oh my god, he's real. I don't know. Like it's almost talked by like uh, the the uh, one member of Class One B who you kind of see during this arc here and there. He's got like a word balloon literally for his Oh head. yeah, that and guy. His, and, his and his name is Manga, I think his name is Manga Fukuboshi or yeah. something. And his name literally translates to comic word balloon. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. I can't, oh, like he, he, he gets some trust, everyone in 1B will eventually uh, get some more information about them. Every one of them will have their time later on. Let me tell you, he is my favorite one of them all. <laughs> He's your 1B boy. He's my 1B boy right there. <laughs> Manga. <laughs> you my boy. <laughs> so with Tetsu Tetsu here, his quirk is basically the same as Kirishima's, but with steel instead of rock. So it's not the first time David Wald has played a steel-based character in a shonen. Though I like Tetsu Tetsu a bit more than I like Gajiel from Fairy Tail. I don't know. As far as as far as Wald's characters go, I'm much more fond of him as like the narrator of uh, <laughs> Mr. Tonegawa. Oh, nothing will beat that. <laughs> don't lose Tonegawa. Don't don't miss Tonegawa. <laughs> These are the adventures of the of the fame of the famed uh, CEO middle manager. Yokio Tonegawa. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. His narration on that series is will will be his magnum opus. Oh, definitely. Go go check out Middle Manager Tonegawa, <laughs> please. <laughs> it's so good. It's so you good. don't even have to know anything about uh, Kaiji. You just gotta go watch it. <laughs> right. So the other students manage to get by, and Bakugo blows his way over the robots, while Sero uses his tape quirk to Spider-Man his way over. And Tokoyami uses his dark shadow quirk, which is a sentient shadow beast that he can control from his body. So basically, he has a stand. Shadow powers will never not be cool in any comic ever. Nah, you, it's it's hard to make them like lame. Yeah, and then with dark shadow here, it's just like it's so freaking cool. I know because he's kind of like alive and he stretches out. And stuff. Yeah, he has his own like he has a mind of his own. And also we see your girl, Yayirozu, is able to clear out the rest of the robots by creating a cannon to blow them all away. Making a fucking gun yeah. <laughs> firing off on the course. <laughs> That's gotta be, like, a foul right there. Probably. <laughs> no firearms, Yayirozu. There are no rules. Okay, there are one rule. <laughs> and that's no guns. <laughs> Everyone else manages to get through, and Deku does too without using his quirk as he wants to save it for when he really needs it. Though he does pick up a piece of metal plating from one of the robots to use as a shield that he carries on his back for the rest of the race. On to the next obstacle, the Fall, which is a canyon that everyone has to cross over using a series of ropes. Uraraka brings up the obvious, when did they have time to build this? <laughs> well hey, don't forget, UA Academy does have a digging superhero, so... yeah. So yeah, it's 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 for him. That's an afternoon right there. Yeah, most likely. I wonder how much they paid him to do that. <laughs> Standard teacher hours. Yeah. So shit. <laughs> <laughs> no paid overtime. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sue is able to get through the uh, canyon obstacle pretty easily since it's since this, this is nothing to a frog girl like her. Then another student is able to get through no problem. That being support course student Mei Hatsume, played here by Alexis Tipton. 
She uses her gear, specifically a grappling hook around her waist and hover boots to get across the canyon. Ooh, Mei Hatsume. She's another big girl there. Oh, she should be everyone's oh, girl. Oh, she's a girl. Oh. Uh, we only get a bit of her for now, but we're going to see more of her soon. Everyone else manages to cross, but Todoroki still has commanding lead, which takes us to the last obstacle. A minefield! <laughs> By the way, the mines are designed specifically for the festival, so they won't harm you, but they will launch you in the air if you step on them. Yes, the, the mines are, like, child-sized, so <laughs> we're still dealing with high-grade explosives here. <laughs> yeah, but, like, with all these obstacles, you think that UA made sure everyone competing in the sports fest has signed some sort of, uh... Hold harmless agreement saying that they're not liable for any injuries. In oh, they fest. must have had to. There's got to be, like, uh, did they show the bottom of that trench before when they were going over it, when they had to pass over it? They showed it, but you couldn't see the bottom. Oh, my God. It you just go so down to the deep. bottom, and there's just, like, there's just like corpses <laughs> at the very bottom. Like, this is, like, the fucking, like, what fucking parent would, what's, what parent would sign a syllabus for their kid to go through this course? Right. <laughs> Hey, little 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 uh, Kimiko is dead at the bottom of the pit here. Oh, sorry, oh sorry, Mrs. Hitomi, you just uh, signed this waiver here. It clearly says in the syllabus right here. You see this? This also clarifies the syllabus here at UA. Also qualifies as a death certificate for your kid. <laughs> we're not so you sign away. So you sign away any rights that were responsible for your death of your kid if they die during the UA sports festival. Sorry. And if anyone else just gets like really seriously injured, they'll all be like. Nah, 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 it's fine. We have recovery girl, so it's cool. Please, take a Z-Pack. They gotta have recovery girl around for insurance purposes. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> and she's the only one! So like She's like the only like medical provider for this whole school. They don't have like any they don't have any other nurses or anything. Nah, one school nurse and that's it. One school nurse that happens to be good at recovery that has way better uses for her quirk elsewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Well, like, well, Horko, she does mention in in uh, in, a mo in the manga on the side that she does actually visit like many uh, hospitals, like in her spare time when she's outside of the school and okay, heals so, like, people as a side gig. Well, that's like her main gig outside okay. of the uh, school. That's the actual hero work. She okay, does. so the school is like her side thing. Yeah, she's like a humanitarian. And okay. Stuff. And uh, with all this stuff that we're talking about, I like how uh, Todoroki even points out how dangerous this is. And he goes like, well, it doesn't make for good entertainment. <laughs> Todoroki, you're absolutely right. <laughs> you're, you just, you just, you just showed us the true meaning of the UA Sports Festival right there. Just get your popcorn out and don't worry about anyone getting hurt. Blood, 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 blood. <laughs> and speaking of good entertainment, Bakugo catches up to him and the two are neck and neck for first place. And so students are blowing up left and right as they try to cross this minefield. But uh, they're, it's still safe, you know, no need for any lawyers or anything. They're not going to get seriously hurt or killed. And Deku decides to use these non-lethal mines to his advantage. So in an example of My Hero Academia's clever thinking, Deku uses his makeshift shield to dig up a bunch of mines without causing them to explode so he gets under them, not touching the top. And he has not enough time to do this because everyone's just like taking their sweet time trying to get past this minefield, so he's in no hurry. He piles up all these mines, and then he dives onto them, shield first, causing them to explode, and then launches up in the air, causing him no harm in any way as the shield protected him from the blast, which launches him past Todoroki and Bakugo. <laughs> that is some grade A, like, BS thinking right there, Deku. Yeah. I tip my hat to you. So, like, as Deku is in first place, uh, the latter two get uh, gain up on him, but uh, with one final move... Deku, as Deku begins to descend, he slams his shield into the ground into a bunch more mines, 
which blows up and then launches him even further into victory while also kind of uh, stunning Bakugo and Todoroki for a little bit. And Deku wins the obstacle race. And the crowd goes wild for him, and we get a shot of uh, Mama Midoriya at home watching uh, and crying tears of joy as uh, her baby boy has won the first event of the sports fest. <laughs> no, she's crying because she didn't lose him yet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that whenever we cut back to her, she's just getting more and more tissues all around her room as, like, she's just crying so hard of, like, Deku almost getting killed. <laughs> <laughs> Every at every moment she's thinking like, oh my god, is this the day that I get to clean out the that I get to have my my rec room back? <laughs> uh, I knew I had the tombstone made for a reason. <laughs> First I lost his father, now I'm gonna probably lose him. <laughs> Maybe lost his father. I don't know. He never came home. <laughs> no, no, he's working overseas. Rest assured, he's rest assured. Yeah, working overseas. Right, right, right. In big quotation marks. <laughs> As for the rest of the results, only the top forty-two will continue to the next round with uh, top 42 consisting of all of 1A, some of 1B, and a few general study students and support course students. Everybody else, get out! Yeah. Get out! You basically, failed! You're all losers! Basically, all the business course students, because they're not really cut out for this sort of thing. <laughs> Actually, I just realized now, the, the, like, the, the business course people, those th that's who we were back in school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were the ones who just, like, sucked, who just, like, sucked at everything. <laughs> or at least, like, I did most of all, and mm. then we just got put off to the side to just, like twiddle our thumbs a little bit and like think to ourselves yeah i only semi-sucked at tennis that was my thing right, right. <laughs> but yeah we were kind of the nerds off to the side just crunching the numbers mm -hmm. so now the real fun begins as the next game is the cavalry battle similar to the usual playground game you see in many anime students will form teams of two to four and the goal is to score points by stealing headbands off the heads of opposing teams i've always wondered why we don't have this in the u.s this looks so much fun it looks so fun but i bet you it's dangerous yes i imagine it's very dangerous because you have like three kids holding up one kid kind of forming like kind of a, a horse thing so you have to carry one person and run around people while you kind of do, almost do like a chicken fight with others right right i imagine if you go too fast then somebody could like fly overboard and like crack open their head yeah just like fall down bite your tongue off and all that or like knowing, like I, ima I, I gotta imagine, like J uh, U.S. kids have got to be like much rowdier than Japanese kids in Probably. some way. So like I, I can just imagine them crashing into each other right now and like getting so embroiled in it that they're just like, you know, like smacking each other with each, each other's arms. Yeah, like if you want an example of how rowdy our kids here in school are, like our version of dodgeball has more than one ball. Japan only has one ball, so that's how rowdy we are. I know, and and they, and they try. They try to like decrease it to decrease any kind of like danger to it with like foam balls and stuff. Like those they, things still hurt. They still chuck those fuckers as hard as they can. I once got hit in the fucking face with that and almost broke my glasses. Right, right. They they still suck. Cause 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 that's that's U.S. kids for you. <laughs> <laughs> Survival of the fittest over here. This is America. <laughs> Though the catch is with this cavalry battle is that each person's point value is determined by how well how you finished in the race. So if you're near the bottom, you only you get a smaller point value, but near the top, you get a higher one. So poor Aoyama finishing in 42nd place means, means he's only worth 5 points. As for Deku, who won the race, he's worth a whopping 10 million points. And this might as well be a big old target on his back, as everyone is going to be gunning for him. Oh yeah, Deku here is the golden snitch of this turn <laughs> of this match right here. So it's on to the next episode, Strategy, Strategy, Strategy. Since Deku is such a big target for this next round, he's going to have a hard time finding anyone who wants to team with him. As you know, teaming with him is a very high risk, high reward. Because, you know, everyone will be going after you throughout the entire game, 
but you do have the advantage of not having to go for any headbands at all. You can just play defense throughout the entire time. Yeah, but during those, this whole match, though, like Todoroki is going to be the Harry Potter of this match, <laughs> and Bakugo is going to be the Malfoy. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say that's an apt description. Very much so. To the two of them. And everybody's going to be trying to join up on them, too. Yeah. And everyone's just going to be scoring like points, but none, none of it matters. You got to go go for that one big golden snitch point that Deku has. Exactly. It's how Quidditch should actually be played. <laughs> yeah, fuck the point system. Just go after the snitch. Go after the snitch and the game is done in one minute. <laughs> yeah, just have like, have like everyone else on the team just beat each other up with those like baseball bats. <laughs> or cricket bats, whatever they use in England. <laughs> also, another thing, since Deku has so many points to start with when he's uh, putting his team together, he can just focus on uh, picking people f with the uh, best quirks for the job without worrying about building a team with like a lot of points. Everyone else has to uh, balance that out when choosing their teams. You need a teammate whose quirks gel with each other, but you also need folks with a good amount of points to maintain at least an early lead. This whole picking and choosing teammates thing is definitely something like uh, these kids can use in real world situations when it comes to doing actual hero work. You know, you need to pick like the best sidekicks for the job or the best teammates to work with to uh, take down these baddies and whatnot. Right, right. They're all learning some like real world skills here. Also, it just gives a chance to see them all like play off each other in oh, ways yeah. you've never seen before. Oh yeah, and we're gonna. Definitely that's what see that's what makes this whole arc so fun. You get to see the you get to see the characters and their quirks play off in like a way that you don't really uh, see in many other tournament arcs you see out there. Yeah, we're. Definitely going to see a lot of that, especially with this cavalry battle. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a bloodbath. <laughs> Some of the uh, 1A kids are going to try to team up with uh, Bakugo, but the only problem is, other than Bakugo being Bakugo, he has no idea any of his classmates' quirks or any of their names, for that matter. Well, the year just, like, started, so it's going to take, like, it's taken me time to learn people's names in school. But, like, some of them are, like, very obvious. You can at least guess, like, take an educated guess. But then again, I'm kind of having it. I would like to imagine him, like, having a hard time guessing, like, Hagakure or Sue's quirks just by looking at them. <laughs> he's, like, looking at Hagakure, he's going, like, wait, wait, I know your, what your quirk is. Uh, don't, don't tell me, don't tell me. Um, uh, you make yourself really small, so you hide in your clothes, but your clothes still take the form of your body. What? No, I'm invisible! <laughs> right, that was my second guess. And your name is, um, Sue? Hagakure! Right, right, what I say. <laughs> Also, uh, this little thing of him not remembering anyone's names, uh, remember that for later. So Deku's having a hard time finding anyone to team with him, but luckily for him, a round-faced, rosy-cheeked angel descends from on high to become one of his teammates. That, of course, being Uraraka, because these two are freaking besties f -f 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 for life. And she also says it's better to team up with people you like. Aww. And I love uh, the face Deku makes when like he's, his heart squeezes, he's just going like... Ooh! face of like pure diabetes <laughs> like he's just he's just so happy that uraka really wants to team with them and that someone so actually sweet. wants to join him. it's super sweet <laughs> and with her on his side why not round out the rest of our ot3 and bring in ida with these three being together like always nothing's gonna stand in their way except for one thing ida doesn't want to team up with deku uh nothing personal it's just that ida wants to get stronger on his own and if he continues to follow deku and rely on him then he won't be able to it'll be more of a hindrance than like uh than help and since Todoroki and Bakugo have already challenged Deku, Ida has decided to throw down a challenge to his friend as well. But again, nothing personal. But have no fear as someone else wants to team up with Deku, that being Hatsume, as she gives us her formal introduction. And uh, this scene is pretty great here, and I especially love uh, Alexis Tipton's uh, performance as uh, Hatsume, so I'll just splice it in right here. <laughs> oh, perfect! You're still alone! And you're the star! Team up with me, person in first place! So close, who are you? <laughs> I'm a student in the support course. 
name's Mei Hatsume. Oh, you're that weirdo from the obstacle course. We haven't met, but I'd like to use your current fame to my personal advantage. That's straightforward. If I team up with you, then I'll be in the spotlight, part of the team that everyone is keeping their eyes on. That means my super cute little babies will inevitably be seen by the big company CEOs who are tuning into the sports festival. And following that line of reasoning, this is the best way for me and my marvelous gadgets to get recruited. Could you slow down a minute? Did you bring babies here, or...? I mean... Plus, you two will definitely... Oh, she doesn't care about me. The course specializes in creating equipment that helps heroes deal with their quirks and enhance their skills. <laughs> I packed a ton of powerful babies to bring with me, so I'm sure you'll find something you like floating around my arsenal. Oh, I see one's caught your eye. I based this on a certain hero's backpack. Of course I added my own twist. Wait, I recognize that. Airjet, the Buster Hero has one of those. <laughs> I love that guy. Isn't he awesome? They sure get along well. Thoughts on Hatsume? Oh, she's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> her her whole gimmick is that she just loves her inventions and will do whatever she can to make like the best inventions she possibly can. Yeah, her, to improve uh, heroes. Yes, her uh, her babies, as she calls them. Her babies, her babies. And I love when uh, when she says that, Uraraka Ur goes like, "Wait, did did you actually bring babies here? What?" May hot some may making babies everywhere. Yeah, and I, I love the vision like of her like uh, floating in the air with all of her gadgets and gizmos aplenty flying all around her as she's just so happy about her inventions. I think you just sold like a T-shirt design out there for somebody to draw, right? <laughs> <laughs> No, but May is very sweet, and Alexis Tipton does a great. It's like Tipton is very is very good at playing high energy characters. Yeah, that are just that are just like constantly like just like amazed with everything around them. Oh, definitely. So she and she really pulls through with May here. Yeah, I love how when she gets like really excited, she kind of sounds almost kind of like gremlin-y in a way, which is like, oh, you're the one in first place, I want to team up with you. <laughs> well, yeah, she has a little bit of, like, a creepy nerd angle. Too. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but all the more endearing for Hatsume here. Oh, definitely. So, yeah, she definitely wants to team up with Deku because he's in first place, and because he's in first place, she can use him to, like, show off all of her gadgets and gear that she's invented. So, we have three people on our team, but we need one more. And Deku has found the right person to round out this team. And it's time for the game to begin. And that final member, none other than Tokoyami. And uh, when I first saw this reveal that he chose Tokoyami as his uh, final teammate, uh, I had no clue who he was going to choose. Like, I was kind of actually racking my brain around going like, oh man, who's, who's going to be the fourth person? Who's the fourth man? And then when he chose Tokoyami, I was just like, oh, that's surprising. But then that's going to be something more exciting because like, he, has, he hasn't had much screen time up to this point, like only a brief moments during the USJ. And then I thought like, oh, this is going to be his showcase. We're going to see a lot of Tokoyami here. Like, this is going to be, like, his his introduction to, like, the fans here. Right, our bird, our representative bird boy. He's going to, like, shine. Like, this is going to be time to shine and blow fans' expectations of him away. And, like, it's also just going to double as a big showcase for him. And then I realized again, after realizing this, this will probably happen with all the other kids in 1A later on in the series. Because, you know, why stop there? Why not give everyone else their chance to shine? And without going too much into it, since we'll get into it later, this is exactly what'll happen. Oh yeah, like every, everybody has their moments at some point in the series. Even Mineta. <laughs> yeah, even, even him, as much as I want to punch his face in, he does have his moment. <laughs> yeah, he does have his moments of improvement. And uh, like all this is great because you'd think with a cast this big, like people are going to fall to the wayside, but not nah, everyone in 1A gets their chance in the sun. 
Though for now, this is Tokoyami's time in the sun, metaphorically speaking, since Dark Shadow and Sunlight doesn't mix well. As for some of the other teams, we see team-ups such as Bakugo, Kirishima, Sero, and my girl Mina. And there's also uh, Mineta teaming up with Shoji because nobody, mostly the girls, don't want to be anywhere near him or his balls. <laughs> and also I think Shoji just uh, joined up with him out of pity. <laughs> <laughs> please, Shoji, no girls want to touch my balls. I, I need He's, a fucking partner, Shoji has, lo Shoji has low standards. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think yeah. Sue only joined this team just so that she can knock around Mineta more. Yeah. <laughs> And also, there's uh, Todoroki's team, which is him, your girl Yayirozu, Kaminari, and my boy Ida. And Ida suggests that Todoroki should use a combination of his uh, fire and ice cork to uh, combat the others, as it would be a good combination. But he says, nah, I only use my icy half. I never use my left fireside. And upon saying that, we see in the crowd the number two hero behind All Might, Endeavor, Todoroki's father. So uh, we'll get more into him later, but ho oh, ho, he's, he's... He's integral to this. He, he's integral, and he's also a very intimidating man. So the cavalry battle is underway as everyone immediately goes for Deku, but he and company are able to avoid the initial attacks with a combination of Hatsume's babies, her jetpack and hover boots, Uraraka's levitation quirk, and Tokoyami's dark shadow, which can cover any blind spot around them. And a fun little moment when uh, Deku comp compliments uh, Hatsume on her gear, Uraraka kind of gets a little bit jelly here, where she says, I'm the one who floated everyone, everyone to the ground. <laughs> oh, what's, uh, what's going on with her here? She's uh, kind of seen uh, Hatsume as a bit of a rival here. Oh yeah, getting a little jelly of me. <laughs> it's a mad dash for Team Deku, and they're confronted by Shoji and Mineta, who is uh, creepily peeking out from under Shoji's wings, going like, Hey, 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 Midori, I'm gonna fucking get your headband and win. All the girls gonna touch my peen. <laughs> hey, like, using, Sho using uh, Shoji there, though, as like, a, as, like, a little shield, though, that's pretty smart. Oh, yeah, that's actually smart, and also him doing all the legwork, since he's, like, a big muscle beef beef kid. Yeah, he's good. He's, like, he's like one of the perfect ones to have, like, have your back. Yeah, with Sue on the, also that team, it's actually a smart setup where Mineta can throw his balls at them while Sue can, like, uh, use her frog tongue to kind of, like, also will strike at them. Yeah, all these teams are pretty well built overall. Yeah, it's all good. And uh, Deku and company manage to fly away again, but uh, one of Uraraka's hover boots is damaged by Mineta's balls, so their mobility has taken a partial shot. But even in the air, they still get attacked as uh, Bakugo, uh, not adhering to the rules of staying on the uh, on your teammates, he explodes himself into the air right up to them and almost gets Deku's headband. Though Dark Shadow was able to uh, block his attack. Because it makes the whole like team-up aspect kind of pointless when he just like goes off on his own, half-cocked. Yeah. yeah, but no, this is like more my hero cleverness here as... Uh, since Bakugo's got uh, Sero on his team, he's able to uh, fly in the air whenever he wants, and then he can just have, like, Sero use his uh, tape arms to uh, reel him back in so he doesn't touch the ground. Right, right. So with all these combinations of quirks and stuff, I can just imagine, you know, Horikoshi, when he was writing this, just marking out to himself, writing, going like, oh man, this is this is so amazing, I'm gonna have one person do this, this team-up's gonna be like this, this and that, oh my god, he's just... Thinking of all these fun and clever ways to, like, uh, combine the quirks of 1A here. And true enough, this won't be the last time he does it either. Because no. there, there's, there's another event way later on, too, where he does this exact same thing. Except in more, like, practical, like, everyday hero terms where, like, they're just going out and doing some hero stuff, you know. But way later stuff, though. But, like, it's, it's, it's more goodness to come. Yeah, but still, a little bit of a taste here, and it's just, like, I can just imagine him just, like, thinking up all these ideas. Like, what would be a good combination of quirks, you know? Just, like, racking his brain, going, like, what would work? What would work? And then just finally 
going like, ah, Eureka, that would be awesome. This is what happens when you've written, like, so many good characters that could all have series of their own. Yeah! (laughs) But you decide to make a smaller series where you pair them all off with each other Mm -hmm. in little events for each arc. God, My Hero is, like, ripe for spinoffs with, like, the rest of 1A outside of Deku. Well, they've already got, like, one with the Vigilante series. Yeah. And I also hear they have, like, a little uh, side comedy series where it's just more, like, uh, comedic side stories. Oh, yeah, I think that's, like, the light novel series. Yeah. With, like, some images from Horikoshi on the side. Yeah. Hmm, I don't know too much about that one. I'll have to look it up. I'll have to look it up, too. I only hear uh, bits, bits and bobs of it. So, time to take a look at the scores so far, and Deku's team is still in the lead. But it seems that all the other 1A teams are down to zero points as they've lost their headbands unknowingly. Who's the culprit? Class 1B's Nato Monoma, played here by Austin Tyndall who's been playing the long game this whole time by laying low and going after 1A's points while they're occupied with Deku. Uh, I have written down here, fuck Monoma, he's the worst. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, every other character in the series believes that too. (laughs) God, I just, I hate him so much. I think I hate him more than Mineta, honestly. (laughs) He's just... That's impressive. He's just this condescending little prick who thinks he's better than everyone. Oh, yeah, yeah, and he, he, he gets worse later on in the series, too. And he just has <laughs> the smuggest face that you just want to, you just want to just pop him. I know, I know. Of all the, of all the, ser- of all the characters in the series, I want to see you get punched in the face more. Monoma here is, like, number one on yeah. that list. You know, with all the people who really hate Mineta with a passion, I'm kind of wondering how they feel about Monoma, like... Are they like me, who hates Monoma more than Mineta, or are they still like, nah, Mineta is the worst boy in show? Oh, it's a toss-up between the two. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be something to kind of, like, uh, throw a poll online saying, like, hey, who do you hate more, Monoma or Mineta? There are villains in the series that I love more than M- Monoma. I love all these villains, honestly. <laughs> Especially the ones we'll get to later on. And I'm just like, man, can you at least, like, can you please do something to Monoma, you know? Can you kidnap him instead of Bakugo later on? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, or of course she does a little something for him. So you'll have to see how that goes. Okay. So Monoma takes this opportunity to talk down to Bakugo, even bringing up the time he got caught by the slime monster in Season 1, and he just keeps poking and poking and poking that bear until it reaches a boiling point where Bakugo tells Kirishima and the others to forget about Deku for now and focus on this little motherfucker. Like, you know you're on Bakugo's bad side when he chooses to go after you over Deku. All I can say is, Monoma, you fucked up! You fucked up! You (laughs) fucked up! You're top of the list, buddy. You just made the list! (laughs) So the battle reaches the halfway point, and at that moment, Team Deku comes face-to-face with Team Todoroki. And on to the cavalry battle finale, the next episode. And I really like how uh, Team Todoroki is set up. You know, we have Ida as the lead since he's the fastest, and you have uh, Yayorozu and Kaminari bringing up the rear, but it looks like Yayorozu used her quirk to make rollerblades for her and Kaminari so they just like uh, ride on the ground while Ida pulls the entire team using a speed so he doesn't have to worry about like running faster than everyone can handle. You're just doing like a sports play-by-play at this point really. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pulling a John Madden it's like okay so you see here you have Ida I'm ro- drawing a circle around here he's pulling everyone while everyone else is uh, in the back bringing up the rear you know he's very good but not quite Brett Favre good. <laughs> <laughs> Because that's what we're pretty much down to at this point. Yeah. Just like doing a play-by-play. Right. <laughs> so they charge Team Deku with the other teams falling behind to immobilize the other teams. Yayorozu creates a large insulated blanket, just like the one she made at the USJ, to protect her and her other teammates, while Kaminari lets out a 1.3 million volts of electricity to momentarily paralyze everyone, while Todoroki freezes them all in place. Then Team Deku get, tries to get away, but Kaminari's electricity shorted out Deku's jetpack. So they're stuck on the ground right now, and 
so basically, uh, he's the one they have to worry about the most because Dark Shadow gets weaker when he's exposed to any kind of light. So all the electricity from Kaminari's light is just making Dark Shadow weaker and weaker. Ooh, it's looking bad for our heroes here. Uh, but uh, back with Team Bakugo as they begin their attack on Monoma, but there's a slight problem as they have to deal with his quirk. So you see, Monoma has a copy ability, which allows him to copy the quirk of anyone he touches. The only limitations being that it's only for five minutes at a time, and he can only copy one quirk at a time. So if he wants to, if he wants to use a different quirk, he's got to swap out. I love the idea behind this quirk and how uh, Horikoshi plays off of characters' personalities and how they relate to like the power and whatnot. Yeah, because like he simultaneously has like a power that makes that relies on having people nearby to mm -hmm. have quirks to copy. Yeah, and yet he has a personality where like nobody wants to be around him. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And he has to actually, like, poke poke and prod people in order to get them to try and get near him to try and, like, yeah. hurt him. <laughs> and, then he, and then he, like, pulls a shenanigan on them. God, I can imagine him, like, fighting a real villain going, like, oh, oh, what are you gonna do? Come at me. Come at me, bro. You gonna, you gonna attack me? And then he just, like, oh, ah, copy your quirk now. Just gets, like, socked in the face. Yeah. And then, like, copy. <laughs> no, that's it. how he gets copied. He gets punched in the face and that's him touching them. <laughs> and he's like, ha-ha, I've got you now. All according to plan. Uh. <laughs> so he copies Bakugo's explosion to attack, then copies Kirishima's Harden to defend. And all while he's doing that, he's still being a little shit. Meanwhile, we return to face-off between Deku and Todoroki, and there's less than 60 seconds left. Deku's plan is to lame it out until time runs out, while staying to Todoroki's left since he knows he's been only using his right ice side, and if he tries to attack, he'll more than likely hit Ida. Ida tells his teammates to hang on as he has one last trick up his sleeve. He puts his engines into overdrive and does a Sonic the Hedgehog boost-to-win burst of speed. This is a secret technique he's been keeping from everyone and wanted to break it out when the time was right. Only downside is that this move causes his engines to stall, and he's basically a sitting duck at this point. In doing this, Team Todoroki is able to get the 10 million plus headband and the lead. So time is almost up here, and Team Deku charges at Todoroki for one more move. And Deku has to decide to go for a smash if he wants to uh, wants to get any points here. Which causes uh, Todoroki to actually uh, defend with his left side for the first time, bringing up his uh, fire quirk to block uh, Deku's smash attack. Meanwhile, back with Bakugo taking on motherfucker Monoma, he manages to steal two of his three headbands, but he's not settling for two, oh no. You see, one thing Monoma underestimated of Bakugo is his undying tenacity. So using a combination of Sero's tape to pull the team forward, Mina's acid to slide on the ground, and Bakugo's explosions to give him that little extra push, they rush Monoma, steal the third headband, and that's what puts them in second place. Leaving Monoma with nothing. You got zero. You got nothing. <laughs> what are you? Nothing! <laughs> <laughs> well, he got that one over on him. Yeah, but Bakugo's not done yet, as he wants to be the undisputed winner, and he wants to go after Deku and Todoroki. Speaking of which, the two clash, but instead of a Deku smash, he uses his quirk to instead smash through the air cut the air around them to put Todoroki's fire out, and at this moment, Todoroki is left briefly stunned as, like, not only did the move stun him, but he also realized, oh wait, I use my left side. I never use my left side. And Deku takes this opportunity to take one of the headbands, just hoping that it's the 10 mil one. But unfortunately, Deku only grabbed the 70.1 by mistake. So with 10 seconds left, as Team Deku races towards Todoroki, Dark Shadow attacks, but Kaminari defends by frying his brain in the process. And Bakugo enters the scene and flies right towards them for a one last lunge for the headbands to try to hopefully make it, maybe make it into first place. But 
oh no, time expires. Oh, that's the timer right there. And I loved how it was like ramping up and up. Music is going like, it's going nuts. Everyone's getting crazy. All these close-ups and all of a sudden, time up. And then, and then like everything just, everything just like stops. And there it is. And I just love Bakugo just kind of comically freezes in place and just falls flat just first. straight down. Yeah. <laughs> so the cavalry battle is over and the final results are Team Todoroki in first with uh, Brain Day Kaminari giving everyone a hearty two thumbs up with his usual <laughs> mascot of that team. Yeah. Second place is Team Bakugo, though to Bakugo, if you ain't first, you're last. And third place from out of nowhere is Team Shinzo, and notably Ojiro is on his team, but he seems to be at a loss to what's happening. He's kind of looking around, wondering what's going on. So everyone's kind of weird out going like, oh, where where this guy come from? Hmm. And finally, in fourth place and moving on to the next round is Team Deku. You see, Dark Shadow sneakily took another headband from Todoroki, and that gave them enough points to squeak into fourth place. And I love how when Deku hears about this, he just cries tears of joy so hard. Like, he makes a fountain out of his eyes, and it's, like, pushing him into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> you did him. You did him, boy. He's you so did. happy. And I even love how uh, Urrock is kind of, like, giving uh, Dark Shadow a little pat on the head. <laughs> <laughs> so it's time for an intermission break, and Todoroki has taken Deku aside to have a little one-on-one tete-a-tete conversation with him. But before we get to their conversation, I think we should take a short intermission too. So we'll be right back with more of My Hero Academia Sports Festival arc right after this. can decide to transfer us to the hero course. And for the student pledge, Kotsky Bakugo! I just want to say, I'm gonna win. Why would you be so disrespectful? You're representing us all! It's not my fault. The rest of you are just stepping stones to my victory. The UA Sports Festival is in two weeks. Everyone! You okay? I'm gonna do my best! The whole thing will be live on TV. They could basically throw any sort of trial at us. You've got all might in your corner helping you out. But know that I will beat you. So come at me with all you've got! What's driving him? Why is he so intent? Bakugo and Todoroki have challenged you already. But they aren't 
the only ones who see you as a rival. I'm at the top, and they'll all be coming for me. If I team up with you, then I'll be in the spotlight. <laughs> looks like we're all giving it our all just like you should be this is crazy why are you putting yourself through this i want to live up to people's expectations whatever it takes to be a hero i see now midoriya And we're back, so let's see what Todoroki has to say to Deku with the episode, The Boy Born With Everything. Todoroki knows he's seen similar powers to uh, Deku's during the cavalry battle, and it's the same as All Might's, so he just cuts to the chase. Are you All Might's secret love child or something? <laughs> <laughs> well, someone had to ask it, I suppose. And I love uh, Justin Briner's uh, delivery for Deku here, where he goes, What?! <laughs> <laughs> I wish! <laughs> <laughs> oh man, if only he were my dad. <laughs> so the reason he asked this is because since his father Endeavor is the number two hero behind All Might, then he has even more of a reason to, to uh, defeat Deku. And speaking of All Might and Endeavor, the two run into each other in the hallway. And by the way, Endeavor here played by Patrick Seitz. So All Might tries to catch up with, but uh, Endeavor is in no mood to be around him, so he gives him the cold shoulder if you will. But before he goes, he vows to All Might that one day, Todoroki will surpass him and become the new number one hero. Because that's why he made him. And I'll splice in here this whole uh, conversation of uh, Todoroki talking about uh, quirk marriages and why he was born. My old man is ambitious. He aims for the top. He used his power to make a name for himself as a hero. But he was never able to best All Might, so the symbol of peace is living proof of his failure. He's still at it, though, trying to take down All Might, one way or another. I'm not really sure what you're getting at. What are you trying to tell me, Todoroki? Have you ever heard of quirk marriages? <sighs> they became a problem in the first few generations after superpowers became widespread. There were those who sought out potential mates solely with the intention of creating powerful children. Many people were forced into relationships. They were simply viewed as old-fashioned arranged marriages. But clearly it was unethical. My father has not only a rich history of accomplishments, but plenty of money to throw at his problems. He bought my mother's relatives to get his hands on her quirk. And now he's raising me to usurp All Might. It's so annoying. I refuse to be a tool for that scumbag. In every memory of my mother, I only see her crying. 
I remember she called my left side unbearable before she poured boiling water on my face. The reason I picked a fight with you was to show my old man what I was capable of doing without having to rely on his damned fire quirk. You see, I'm going to show him that I reject his power and I can take first place without using it. Because this is demented. This is some heavy stuff. Like, uh, care to talk about uh, what you think of this whole uh, this whole thing here? Genius, genius! <laughs> it opens up a whole new dimension to Todoroki, and also introduces the messed up idea that people will like actually pay money to breed quirk users in this world. Yeah, and it's an idea that they sadly have not explored elsewhere in another character, and yet I'm waiting for them to because this is such a genius world building and plot writing device yeah but also at the same time it's completely fucked up it is really fucked up like pain for like a marriage just that you can produce a child with like a really strong quirk yeah which makes me think like god how many other kids has endeavor had before he had todoroki oh yeah that's a good question actually yeah like uh, later on we do see that todoroki has a sister but like that's it that's all we see or, well, no, he, he does have other family. He yeah. does. Yeah, but we He does don't... have, like, other brothers and sisters. Yeah. But so far, like, we've only seen a sister. Right, right. Well, there, there will be more to come, although... I, mm, I think it might just be the one wife, though. I think he just had, like, the one wife and mm -hmm. was just like, okay, I'm gonna bet all my chips on this. Okay. But also, at the same time, we also hear, like, Todoroki talking about, like, how his mother can't even look at him because he reminds him so much of his father and she's afraid of him. And, like, even talking about, like, a moment where, like, uh, she looked at him and just poured boiling water on his left half side that's so oh my god right right he just gets like a big fat shonen protagonist backstory here where like he unveils to deku that he's had this like history of abuse in his family how his like mother can't even look at him anymore and how his like father has psychologically dominated him for years it's it's messed up but it's it's such good character building for todoroki yeah like this whole scene here and like basically this whole, like, sports festival arc in the rest of season two is, like, what really puts over Todoroki as, like, one of the top fan-favorite characters in My Hero Academia. Is that he's, yeah, it's just that he's trying to rise above what the uh, destiny that's been laid out for him and find his own. Yeah, just, yeah, God, so, so d well done, but so messed up, but so well written. I know, and we're only gonna see it unfold further here. God, I love you, Shoto. <laughs> And during this whole scene, we see that Bakugo has heard the entire thing as he was eavesdropping on their entire conversation, so he knows. And this scene and the revelation, like, it's whole, it's it's all really heavy and kind of, like, very depressing, so uh, let's try to lighten the mood up a little with uh, none other than fan service. <laughs> as afterwards, Minata and Kaminari have uh, tricked all the 1A girls into doing some kind of uh, cheerleading bit before the end, uh, before the start of the final round. As you see, uh, Mineta told Yayorozu that she and the other girls needed to go out and join the cheerleading contest, and she freaking believes him for some reason. <laughs> I know, right? Why would you believe Mineta from the get-go? You would all, you should always think that this little creep is up to something. Always. He's always up to something. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, man. It's just uh, Mr. Aizawa said that uh, you need to get in these little skimpy uh, cheerleader outfits. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, you know, just uh, go out there, shake yourself around. It's, it's, it's supposed to be very nice and stuff. Yeah, it's it's all part of the event. We all know what's going on here. Clearly, you didn't get the memo. Yeah, Kaminari's just like, yep, yep, you need to go and go do some cheerleading. Get those outfits on, ladies. Well, you say fan service, though. It's it's like fairly light as it's far as vanilla. like shonen. It's very vanilla as far as like shonen fan service goes, which I'm very, very thankful to Horikoshi yes. as. Yes. Because in the hands of another writer... Like, I feel like this could have been so much worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, even over in Black Clover, like, Noelle is, like, 15, and yet, like... Oh, the, God, they sexualize her to the, hell. The, the writer of that series won't hesitate to sexualize her. It's so weird and creepy. Right, right. At least at least give credit to Oda these days. Like, he sexualizes Nami a lot more, but at least, like, Nami is, like, you know, 19 at least. Also, he's only doing it because he's because she reminds him of his wife. <laughs> right, right. So he's just... That, that whole rumor that, like, he supposedly, like, he supposedly loves his wife a lot, and, mm-hmm. like, that's... He's, like, he's, he's hornier all he's the He's horny time. for his wife, so that's why all the women have big boobs in one piece. I, I don't think that entirely forgives him, but... No. Eh. But at least he's thinking of, like, you know, someone he loves. Right, right. At least it's coming from a slightly more genuine place. Yeah, which place? <laughs> <laughs> Though in the scene, I do like how uh, Hagakari is actually really getting into it because uh, she thinks the outfits are cute and she's just so naturally peppy, so being a cheerleader will just come naturally to her. To be fair, they do look like nice costumes. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Yorosi actually made them herself. Oh, fine craftswoman. Ooh, uh, fun fact here. Uh, Lucy Christian, who plays Uraraka, she actually used to be a cheerleader when she was in school. Oh! Yeah, so when the uh, simul dub of this episode came out, she like went online and said, Hey, I used to be a cheerleader when I was younger, so it all comes f- f- full circle. Oh, how adorable. Yeah. She, has she ever cosplayed that costume yet? No, but I have seen her take pictures of like uh, cosplayers in the uh, cheerleader outfits and her doing like kind of uh, cheer poses with them. Oh, how cute. Yeah, so it, it's really nice. So time to see how the final round is going to go down. All 16 players from the top four teams will compete in a series of one-on-one battles. Every year the battles are different, and this year it'll be just straight up combat. And it's mentioned that uh, last year in uh, last year's sports festival, the final round, they fought with uh, foam swords. So upon hearing that, I was just like, okay, does anyone have like any footage of like what last year's sports fest looks like when everyone is hitting each other with nerf bats, <laughs> <laughs> quirked up nerf bats? It's, it's basically struggle from Kingdom Hearts two. It is. It is essentially. God, uh, I wish that were this year's competition because can you imagine like nerf swords flying yeah. around everywhere? <laughs> everyone using their quirks to like whip around each other with these nerf bats. Oh god. I don't know. Like that that would that would still be like pretty sucky cuz like I've I've played with like foam swords when I've like larped before back in college and like you can hit somebody pretty fucking hard with those. Oh, those hurt like a bastard. Yeah, they really do. But before we can set up our first matchups, uh Ojiro forfeits his spot in the final round because he felt he didn't earn it as he has no memory of the cavalry battle and it seems like someone was pulling his strings. Another student from his team also backs out for the same reason. Their pride won't let them compete as they felt like they didn't earn it. Midnight hears them out on their nobility, and then she allows them to give up their spots. A small moment for Ojiro here, Ojiro here, but like that's it, it's 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 a weird it's a weird little moment where you you show that he has a little bit of honor. Yeah, and also like th- throughout the rest of this uh, arc, he does get like these little smaller moments, especially with uh, Deku before like his fights later on. Right, right, because because out of all the other uh, classmates, he is probably the uh, most basic out of all of them. Yeah, because his quirk is just I have a big tail and I supplant it with martial arts. Yeah. And what I love about the writing about him too is that he knows that as well. Mm-hmm. He knows that. So it it's, it's makes for, like, uh, an interesting niche that he inhabits. 
But also, like, uh, one thing I like also like about him is that he has, like, one of the biggest supporters in uh, Hagakure. You know, she's always, like, kind of, like, supporting him, giving him, giving him, like, cheering him up a bit anytime. Right, right. So, yeah, he's he's got room for improvement, too, so. Yeah, and he's got sure. people, he's got good people behind him. Yeah, every, everybody's behind him. Yeah, so with two spots open up in the final round, uh, we find out that those spots are going to be going to 1Bs, Tetsu Tetsu, and Shiozaki, as they fought the hardest despite not making it into the top four. So now it's time to see the opening round matchups. We have Kirishima versus Tetsu Tetsu. We have Tokoyami versus Yayorozu, Aoyama versus Mina, Todoroki versus Sero, Kaminari versus Shiozaki, Ida versus Hatsume, Deku versus Shinzo, and Uraraka versus Bakugo. So most notably, we have the two hard boys going at it. We have the continuation of Mina and Aoyama's one-sided feud. Uraraka unfortunately getting the short end of the stick by taking on Angry McSplody Pants. And a potential Deku Todoroki fight in the future if they win their first round matches. So with the ring all set up thanks to uh, Cement Toss, probably not getting any like uh, paid overtime doing this. The final event for the Sports Fest is about to begin. Also, can I just r- remark right here the fact that like there's no uh, in the the regular Olympics, as far as I know, there's no like MMA fighting section to all of it. Yeah, there is judo, but that's it. There is judo, but like, can I just can I just admire that the 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 arrangers of this this event just said, you know, this is really missing. It needs like a coliseum. It needs coliseum combat where yeah. we just pit our young children against each other and they try to kill each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this it's 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 the most. It's the most openly uh, bloodthirsty aspect of this entire event, and I'm surprised nobody is in protest against it. <laughs> Just forcing, like, these small children to, like, fight for your entertainment. Well, to be fair, as they explain, uh, Cementos will be refereeing everything, and, uh, you know, he's got his quirk at the ready in this uh, concrete ring, so if anybody gets too rough, he can blo- he can stop the match. At the same time, though, <laughs> as we will soon see... This does not hold water. No. <laughs> just love to see a moment where one of the students just has enough and goes, Are you not entertained? <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> Are you not entertained? <laughs> but before Deku can head out to his first fight, he gets a nice little pep talk from All Might. Deku's still unsure about controlling his strength. He keeps trying to think about the time he punched Nomu and his arm didn't break, or even the whole egg in a microwave metaphor that he and All Might came up with, but he feels it's just it's just not clicking with him. And uh, Deku thinks he's just been getting lucky throughout this entire competition, but uh, All Might assures him that it wasn't luck, it was his own skills. Even though he hasn't been using one for all, he's still been coming up with ideas and strategies that have gotten him this far. Luck has nothing to do with it. And rightfully so, like, it was him who thought about using those mines to, like, launch him forward in the uh, obstacle race, or him teaming up with Uraraka, Hatsume, and Tokoyami in the cavalry battle. Well, like, Deku, like anybody, needs a little bit, needs a little reminder sometimes that uh, he, he does earn the things that he's going through in life. It's not just like he's coaxing through on yeah. luck or anything. He, do, he does actually put in the work and earn all this. Yeah, but also, even though like uh, he's all big, strong, and muscly, his strongest muscle is his brain. Yes, precise. All Might leaves him with this quote, Whenever you're scared or nervous about a fight, just try to deal with it by smiling. Even if you're worried, you must stand tall. Remember that bit about smiling for later down the line, because it'll come up. Time for the one-on-one fights to begin. The rules are as followed. The goal is to defeat your opponent by either ring out, knockout, or making them cry uncle. And also, feel free to go nuts with your quirks as we have recovery goals standing by. Please don't sue. Cry uncle? Like, does that mean there's a precedent for that where, like, somebody just... Where somebody had somebody else in submission and just Indian burned them yeah. in submission? <laughs> 
<laughs> say you give up. Say you give up. I submit. I submit. Yeah, either say, either vocally say I quit or like uh, do like you know pro wrestling or MMA uh, tap out. <laughs> <laughs> Stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. <laughs> say I give up. Say I give up. I give up. <laughs> quit humiliating me. That's that's probably what you get when you get like two uh, quirk users who have like nothing, who can't do anything with their quirks, <laughs> or they just cancel each other out. It just it just be, it just descends into like a schoolyard fight yeah, that everybody big, watches. It's a big like you know slap fight. No, not like a slap fight. Like they're just like actually like trying to like just <laughs> kill the fuck out of each other, oh, okay. like in, in an actual schoolyard. <laughs> then again, it would be make for a really awkward like episode if you just had that, where you just have like two kids realistically yeah. fight against each other, <laughs> yeah, and the crowd is just like silent. There's Nobody no knows how to react. There's no fun in that. There's no fun or anything. <laughs> you hear one guy in the crowd just still like, "Yeah, kill him." <laughs> And then it ends, and they're all like, uh, our winner! Middling, muddling applause. <laughs> as everyone questions like, questions themselves and is like, have we really come this far as a society? <laughs> have like a Grunkle Stan from Gravity Falls going, fight, fight, fight! Gravity fights! <laughs> so the first match is Deku versus Shinzo, and right as the fight begins, Shinzo takes a moment to agitate Deku by shit-talking Ojiro and his pride. Deku isn't going to take this and yells at Shinzo, but then suddenly, Deku stops in his tracks, and you've fallen right into his trap. Oh, yes, because Shinzo, his quirk is brainwashing. Yeah, so on to next episode, Victory and Defeat, with Deku stuck in this trance. Like you said, it's brainwashing that allows him to uh, mind control anyone, and the only way it works is as long as they answer back when he asks them a question. So if you do that, then he's you are you are ripe for brainwashing. Mm-hmm. And it's also not entirely overpowered because Ojiro told him about like the whole uh, the catch, the whole thing about like talking to him. So he tried to uh, tell Deku, "Don't say anything to him, or else he'll get caught in his pa- caught in his trap." But unfortunately, since Deku was just so frustrated with him, like you know, shit talking Ojiro, he couldn't help himself but yell at him, which caused him to uh, get brainwashed. So it's looking bad for a boy here. Yeah, but uh, there, there's also another thing. If you are even brainwashed, you can uh, you can get out of it by having some sort of jolt to you, like something to knock you out of it. Because when Ojiro first got brainwashed, he when he bumped into someone during the cavalry battle, he was able to kind of like uh, come back to his senses and regain consciousness. So there is a way out of the problem, but the only problem is, since this is a one-on-one fight, no outside force is going to come in to like snap him out of it. So he orders Deku to turn around and walk out the ring, which is totally a shit move. Like, it's I know, so, it's cheap. It's cheap and dirty, but actually kind of smart. <laughs> like, if you have the power to mind control someone, just tell them, like, hey, lose. Right. Let me win. Yeah, but we also get some good commentary here from Aizawa, where he explains how uh, it's uh, Shinzo got kind of like screwed, got kind of like screwed out of uh, yeah. a good hero, a good hero education experience here yeah. at UA. Yeah, because like he's a smart student and everything, but like uh, because the practical exam requires you to fight robots, his quirk doesn't work on robots because they're inorganic. So he he couldn't do anything. So that's why uh, he noted that Shinzo uh, applied for general studies outside of the hero course because he knew he wouldn't make it with this practical exam. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, so but yeah, it makes it makes you feel a little bit for this guy here who just you know got screwed over by the system. Yeah, he just got the sh- he got he just got the raw end of the deal here. So Deku's getting closer and closer to walking out of the ring until he gets some kind of vision. He sees multiple people and suddenly one for all activates. 
subconsciously as he finger flicks smashed the ground to snap him out of it. Like, this scene was really cool when I first saw it. Just, like, this vision of all these different kind of shadowy people there and just wondering what's going on. <sighs> farther down the stuff. Further down the line stuff that I can't get into uh, yet. But still... This whole battle has, like, far-reaching implications from what will happen later in the series. Which is and great. it frustrates me that I can't talk about any of it. But it's still great because this is long-term booking right here. Oh, yes. Because I bet, I bet when, when I do know what you're talking about here later down the line, I'll be all like... Oh, that's what that means. <laughs> mm, so juicy. Uh, but uh, no time to think about what happened now as Deku rushes Shinzo and while he tries to get Deku to talk at him again, Deku doesn't bite and after a quick struggle, Deku judo throws Shinzo out of bounds and wins. We're taking a few punches from the kid too. Oh like, yeah, he took like, he gets fucking clocked. Yeah, in he the gets head. Deku gets right clocked in the head. Right in the face and again, Bones Studio Bones animation like looking really good here just like these little real life punches here i know this, this is where it gets as close to like the the schoolyard fight metaphor that I gave. <laughs> <laughs> but uh I, I do like a nice little bit here as when everyone is uh cheering for deku's win kaminari throws a little shade at bakugo by pointing out that deku used the same judo throw on him during the mock battles to which uh bakugo replies shut your face sparky <laughs> <laughs> and i love that when we cut away from them uh, to look at Deku, we cut back to him, and you can just see that Kaminari just has the saddest look on his face. He's just looking like, oh, you didn't have to be so mean. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed so hard when I just saw how bummed out and depressed he looked after <laughs> Bakugo insulted him and yelled at him. <laughs> he just looked so pathetic. <laughs> oh, love you, Kaminari, though. <laughs> Everyone puts over Deku about how well he did, but uh, Shinzo gets a bit of a rub from his uh, classmates as well, and including some uh, pro heroes in the crowd saying like, hey, you know, that move is like actually really good, you know? And we also get like a brief little flashback where like in the past he was told about his uh, quirk being more suited for villainy and he didn't want to be a villain. He right, to... he became very self-conscious about that and he sort of like, and it sort of like, sort of compartmentalized that in his head and it uh, kind of influenced how he uh, viewed his progress going through school and became a little dejected. Yeah, you know, he's always been pigeonholed as like very villainous, especially with like the way he looks and everything, but he just wanted to like buck that trend and like say, no, I can be a hero. Hey Shinso, hey Shinso, there's no, there's nothing wrong with being typecast. <laughs> you just gotta work what you got, okay? Own it. Own it. Also, one thing I noticed here is uh, when one of the heroes are complimenting him, uh, we notice one peculiar hero in the crowd, a certain woman in a bandana and gas mask. <laughs> gonna, I remember, I remember seeing her going like, uh, huh, wonder, wonder what her deal is, this uh, certain woman. But I'm sure whatever it is, it's uh, no joke. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> Season three. Before Shinzo leaves, he tells Deku that he's not giving up, and one day he is going to join the hero course. And even though his quirk has some faults, and it could be used for villainy, he vows he's going to be a hero one day. He will use it for good. And he wishes Deku luck for the rest of the tournament, but not before brainwashing him again for funsies. <laughs> Cheeky little bastard. Afterwards, Deku gets patched up by Recovery Girl. And uh, by the way, she's also been recast this season, as she's now being played by Lucy Christian, also pulling double duty. Oh, really? An another casting decision I didn't know notice. It, yep, uh, her previous VA, Julie Erickson, was unable to return to the role as she moved away from Texas and, by extension, Funimation. Mmm, right, makes sense. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, like you said, Lucy Christian just barely noticed her playing uh, Recovery Girl. God, good. Props to the casting people for the series for getting roles, for, for getting, like, roles that you just don't notice whatsoever. For making it as seamless as possible. Yeah, and also, like, with this show, it's... Why the fuck couldn't you be here for JoJo Part 4? <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I want a better I want a better voice actor for Rohan. Okay. You you gotta you gotta fix that for me. Out of everyone in the world, they had to go with Viz had to go with that guy. <laughs> it's like why why couldn't it have been someone else? Oh man. But also with like the voice casting is like another thing I noticed because I tend to look at the voice cast for this uh, very often and I noticed that. There's a lot of actors in the show kind of pulling double duty, playing multiple characters, which is kind of unheard of in anime dubs. Mm, yeah, that doesn't happen too much out there. Typically, yeah. typically they're very good about finding a wide, uh, wide pool of talent. Yeah, but I feel like maybe it's because like the show just has so many characters that you're you're bound to have some people like play two more than one. But I gotta imagine it's gotta work to their advantage to some degree. Because in a series where it prides itself on its young characters, you would imagine that this would uh, give a greater impetus to the dubbers to try and find younger, uh, greener actors out there to try and play these. And that is what I really hope happens when they cast more people for Class 1B. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I have no doubt that they're going to definitely go for some Because uh, a series like this, Because a series like this, or like a shonen like this, like anyone out there, it's got to invite new talent out there. You really got to invite some new talent. Oh yeah, I'm sure most shonen is like a gateway into like the world of voice acting, because like look at some of the actors in Dragon Ball Super, a lot of them are like fairly like up-and-comers. Right, because with, with like young characters, you'd want to get like younger people out there, so that's yeah. got to be a good in for people. Yeah, hell, even with like... Uh... Granted, I I, I understand the pros the I understand the perspective that by that logic you have to find incredibly talented people, mm -hmm. so you really got to search hard for that. But I don't know. I think it pays off in the long run. Yeah, but yeah, Shonen's definitely a good way to like get your start in anime because like look at uh, another Shonen, Attack on Titan. A lot of their actors were a lot of like uh, new people to Funimation. Like I'm pretty sure that's where Cliff Shapen got his start. In. Fuck! Look at One Piece and all the characters Piece, they've had oh, to had over the course One of the Piece series. One Piece has had so many new people come in. Ooh, Jesus, and they do not like do double. And voice actors do not do double duty. Yeah, very that's easily. yeah. My Hero has people do double duty, but One Piece they don't. They're not really. There's only like a few instances I can name. Yeah, very ha small handful. Yeah. So Deku takes a moment to uh, tell All Might about his vision and how one of the people he saw looked a bit like him. And I loved how All Might's reaction where he's just like, Spooky, I'm a ghost! <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this kind of thing isn't unheard of, as All Might experienced the same thing when he was younger, and this could be seen as a sign that he's making One for All his own power. So seeing that vision wasn't exactly what broke the brainwashing, but it was more like it was something that gave Deku enough of a jolt to motivate him to break through on his own. Uh, no time to think about it more, as Deku needs to see who he's facing next in the next round, as Todoroki's fight is up next. But before he makes his entrance, he runs into old daddy dearest Endeavor. Endeavor tells him that he could wipe out the competition with his left side easily, but uh, he should tell Todoroki to stop being so rebellious, you know, use your fire side, use what I gave you, fucking stop disobeying me, son. To which uh, Todoroki is basically saying, you can't tell me what to do, dad! <laughs> Yeah, that's the other aspect of this, is that it's just, like, such obvious daddy issues. Yeah. <laughs> Todoroki d just doesn't want to give him the satisfaction of seeing him use his fire quirk. He's just like, no, I want to get by using mom's quirk alone, not yours. I can do this. He's the kind of kid who, like, if his dad asks him to take out the trash, he just, like, sh he just tosses it, like, right back at him. <laughs> no, it goes off to his room. No, Todoroki would freeze it in place and then walk to his room. He's <laughs> like, you do it. <laughs> So it's time for Todoroki versus Sero. The fight begins, and it's over as Todoroki unleashes a crap ton of ice, freezing Sero and half the stadium along with him. 
I think I think most everybody in the audience kind of saw that coming because it's like it's it's like trying to pit Squirrel Girl against Doctor Doom. If you do that, you just know Squirrel Girl is going to come out on top, right? And I do like that how Todoroki apologized to Sero afterwards for going a little too overboard. He's like, apologies. <laughs> Even the crowd is just like, you did your you did your best. Like, you did your best. Like, nice try, nice try, nice try. I, I I don't know. I don't know. I think that's a little worse. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you, but I kind of like, if I ever go to another wrestling event, I want to try to do a nice try chant going after a guy loses a match. <laughs> try to get the comes like, come on guys, tell me tell me you did a nice job. I don't know, it'd have to be for a match that's really one-sided. Yeah. <laughs> it'd have to be one that's like over in like a minute or oh, so. Oh yeah, it'd be a jobber squash match. Yeah, a jobber squash match. Yeah. <laughs> so on to the next episode, Battle On Challengers. With Todoroki's ice all cleared, it's time for the rest of the opening round matches. So let's quickly run through them. First up is Kaminari taking on 1B's Ibra Shiozaki, played here by Bryn April, whoop whoop, who quickly immobilizes him with her hair vines quirk after he fries his own brain. He took her too lightly and also he was blinded by how cute she is. Which, you know, when it comes to Bryn April, I don't blame him. <laughs> Please pardon the interruption. I'm not sure why you called me an assassin. I've come to the festival in search of victory, not to take my opponent's life. That wouldn't be in line with the values of a hero at all, sir. Right, I'm sorry. Gentlemen, I didn't enter UA for wicked or selfish reasons, but to deliver salvation to others. It is my humble quest to spread true good across this world. Listen, I said I was sorry. That was my bad, okay? I thank you for your kind understanding. I thought everyone in Class 1B was a jerk. Look at those big, beautiful eyes. And it looks like she might be strong, too. Come on, you idiot. Remember, this is a competition. But... Oh, man, she's so cute, though. This is terrible. I'm gonna have to ask this girl out sometime. Once I win this. So, anyway... Again! What do you say me and you go out after this? I'd be happy to treat you to a bite. And comfort you after your loss. Cause this is all gonna be over in two seconds, honey. Indiscriminate shock. 1.3 million falls! Uh. Uh, what? that I was able to make the most of the opportunity I was given today. I love her I love her gimmick too that she's like super like non-denomination non-denominationally religious. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think the author mentions that in like a little like a uh, side thing before a chapter in one volume that she's just like deeper deeply religious. Yeah, isn't also like uh, the way her vines around her hair design kind of looks like a bit of the uh, the thorny crown. It, it looks like Jesus's thorn like crown of thorns, yeah. yeah. And also, I like how very polite she is, because uh, President Mike was kind of, like, uh, announcing her, and she kind of, like, basically politely tells him to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> so after that, we have uh, fucking Monoma trying to gloat about how 1B is the best and how they're gonna win, but uh, thankfully, he is knocked out by a judo chop by 1B's Itsuka Kendo, played here by Jade Saxton. I think she's neat. 
Oh yeah, she's 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 one of top she's one of my top girls. Yeah, and I just love how she just quickly just chops him and she goes like, "Hey, sorry about that guy. We have to we have to deal with him every day." Mm, thank you. You you recognize that he's just as trash. <laughs> <laughs> that he's that he's as trash as everyone else thinks he is. Yes, thank you, Kendo. I wish you were in one A. <laughs> Want to trade for Minetta? <laughs> Uh, after that, it's Ida versus Hatsume, which is not really a fight, and more so Hatsume using him to hawk her babies. And I can just imagine him, imagine Ida afterwards going like, You used me for support gear advertising! <laughs> the, part, the part that I think they should have milked more for comedy was the fact that this match went on for ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, it went on so long! <laughs> <laughs> ten, if everybody just sat there in their seats... It, it might as well have been, like, an intermission. Because <laughs> it was nothing but ads. It was nothing but ads for, like, this girl's gear as she's trying to... As she's basically Billy Mazing it out Yeah, here. exactly. <laughs> Hi, May Hatsume here. Would you like to have a jetpack? Let me show you how this jetpack of mine works out. As every... That's the point where, like... I've, that's the point where I think like the like the concession stands just like open up behind the scenes. We're just like, come and eat, everybody. Come and eat. Ten minute lunch break. Aizawa, <laughs> Aizawa, and present Mike just don't even comment during this whole thing. After like a, after like two minutes pass, Aizawa's <laughs> just like, you want anything from concessions? Like I'm gonna go for something. Or maybe like slinks back into a sleeping bag. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna sleep for eight minutes. Wake me up when it's over. <laughs> President Mike's just like, okay, she's, okay, she's talking, she's talking, she's talking, really trying to sell that gear there, really, <laughs> wow, look at that, look, look at all that, look at that jetpack she's hawking right there, look at those rocket boots, yeah, really good, look at, look at them like that, he just, he just gets on his phone after a while, he just gives up, <laughs> he's like, what's over? Oh, it's over! <laughs> Mei Hatsume has pushed herself outside of the ring willingly, so Tenya Ida wins! <laughs> Thank God! <laughs> Never again. <laughs> Never again! Can we please make it a rule where support class student don't, students don't compete in the sports fest? You know it's a rule now after this. Yeah, or at least like give matches like five minute time limits. <laughs> <laughs> so after that, it's Aoyama versus my girl Mina. And she quickly dodges his navel lasers, and she gets an opening once his uh, tummy starts to ache, which she delivers a match-ending Shoryuken! He really shouldn't have revealed that weakness to anybody else. Yeah. He's really got to do, you know what he really needs to do? He needs to do, like, abdominal exercises to build that up. <laughs> yeah. Wa watch that be a joke later in the series where, like, he, like, builds up his abdomen, and then later on, <laughs> everyone's like, everyone's all like, oh my god, how did you, how did you uh, manage to fired that laser like off for like five minutes straight and then he just pulls up his shirt and he's got like a six pack <laughs> well you see mon cherry i used crunches <laughs> one thousand crunches every day mon cherry <laughs> also another bit before like she uh, knocks him out i like that mina like throws her acid at his belt which also melts like uh his pants which like falls down <laughs> oh so not that's only, even more humiliating not only did he get punched out but he also like accidentally got his underwear was seen everyone by. everyone found out he's a briefs guy yeah <laughs> <laughs> though i do like how when he's being stretchered out mina kind of gives a little sorry kind of bow to him <laughs> 
the next fight is Tokoyami versus Yayarozu. So Momo overthinks this fight a little too much and it results in her undoing as she focuses too much on defending and unknowingly gets pushed out of bounds. And oh, my girl. I'm sure this was a tough loss for you. Well, well, I by this point I had already read further in the series and I'd seen how she had grown. So I was all like, Yairotsu, this is a necessary first lesson. This is just a necessary first lesson. You'll learn from this. Yeah. But You'll do good. But initially, was it? Well, yeah, I was bummed. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like I see so much potential in this person, and I'm like, ah, oh, she she doesn't know how much she can do yet. Nah. Doesn't know how much she can do yet. Oh, well, you'll get back out there. Yeah, you'll get right back up. You'll get back out there. You will have your day. But on a lighter note, it's time to go hard all day, all night, as it's Kirishima versus Tetsu Tetsu. Mirror match. Fight. And it's basically this whole fight between these two hard boys is just... It's like the Metapod versus Metapod battle from Pokemon crossed with uh, Bender fighting Flexo in Futurama. <laughs> and I loved every minute of this as they just keep punching each other and it just keeps going and going and, how, and going. And, and, Kirish, and Kirishima punches Tetsu Tetsu in the face. And Tetsu Tetsu punches Kirishima in the face. And he punches him back. Then he punches him back. Then he punches him back. And he punches him back. Aizawa, can you go, go get me a hot dog or something? And he punches him back. <laughs> and he punches him back. Hey, Hatsume, can you come out and uh, hockey your babies again? <laughs> that was more entertaining. He's like, folks, I'd rather watch Mei Hatsume try to Billy Maze us again. <laughs> <laughs> this is a dark day for the UA Sports Festival. I can, like, think of a crowd being really into this fight at first, going like, Ah, oh, yeah, fight forever! Fight forever! Uh, no, no, please don't fight forever. Please, please, please stop. Please, no more. Please. One, one of you... All the support dies off. <laughs> one of you assholes lose, please. <laughs> So the match ends in a draw as these two hardheads are evenly matched, so uh, they'll decide who advances with a simpler arm wrestling match after they regain consciousness. In the meantime, it's time for the final match of round one, Uraraka versus Bakugo. In the back, Uraraka is totally nervous for her match, and who could blame her at when she's going up against this one angry boy? Also, she knows that Bakugo isn't going to go easy on her just because she's a girl. Like everyone in the sports fest, he's out to win and do so by giving it his all. Yeah, it's another situation where you think it's going to be like a Todoroki and uh, where it's going to be like another Todoroki match where she where she's just going to get like snuffed out, you know. Yeah. It's 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 really built up like well from the beginning like oh god, this could be quick. Yeah, like especially when they first announced it like uh you just see her doing the cheerleading thing but you can see that she's like really dreading having to fight Bakugo later on. Yeah, yeah. So in the back, Ida and Deku rally behind her and calm her nerves a bit, and Deku even offers to give her his notebook with all the info he has on Bakugo along with a possible plan to beat him. Uraraka appreciates their kind gestures but turns down the offer as she wants to do this on her own. Inspired by Ida not teaming with Deku during the cavalry battle, she wants to show that she can stand on her own and not have to rely on Deku too much. She knows she's facing a tough task ahead of her, but she's not going to let that phase her, and she's going to give it her all to win. Good move on the part of Horikoshi, not having everybody rely on Deku in many of these situations. Mm -hmm. Ida strikes out on his own. Uraraka strikes out on her own. Bakugo struck out on his own from the very beginning. <laughs> a long time ago. <laughs> but no, I, I like I like that he's he's making them all like be very uh, proactive and like kind of work towards their own goals in their own time. Yeah, like they're, they're, it's a smart move not making uh, Deku the center <laughs> of so many of these things. Yeah, no. where like a lesser writer would have definitely done that. Yeah, and also here like taking your main female character in your series and like really 
putting her over as, like, one real tough cookie here. Yeah, yeah, very good move. Yeah. So on to the next episode, Bakugo versus Uraraka. And this is probably, like, my second favorite fight of the sports fest right here. So it kicks off with uh, Bakugo uh, saying, You're the one who screws around with gravity, right, Pink Cheeks? So still not knowing his own classmate's name as per the huge. But going into this fight, for the first time all around, I was just kind of... Th- first time watching this fight, I was just kind of thinking like, Oh god, please don't die. <laughs> <laughs> so how so how is Uraraka going to be able to uh, beat Bakugo? Well, when it comes to physical strength, it's no contest who's stronger. So you gotta play this smart. She needs to get close to him and touch him so she can float him out of bounds. But it's going to be a tough task as you're trying to get into the face of Rage Personified here. So Uraraka rushes Bakugo as she remembers how he always starts a fight with a right hook. But uh, haha, tap in the temple right there, Bakugo knows that she knows. So he switches it up and goes for a right uppercut explosion, taking out part of the ground in the process too. So it really shows how tough that explosion was. Yeah, ouch. Off to a good start. So in the smoke, when he sees what appears to be Uraraka, he goes for another explosion, but aha, it turns out she just threw her jacket at him as a distraction to jump from behind, but uh, to no avail as she runs into another explosion. Uraraka continues to try to get close to Bakugo, but he keeps sending her back with explosions left and right, each one also ripping up the ring in the process. Everyone in attendance is knowing how hard this is to watch. They're wondering, like, why isn't someone stepping in? Why isn't Bakugo just, like, finishing this up already? People even start to turn on him by calling him a bully, but uh, Aizawa... Yeah, everybody already not having any faith in, like, Uraraka here. Like, come on. Yeah, they're really looking down on her here, thinking, like, come on, just end this fight already. You know you're going to lose. But Aizawa gets on the stadium mics to tell all those people that he's giving it his all because he knows Uraraka isn't giving up. She isn't quitting, which means he's not going to quit either. So he could end it early, but she's she's just not letting him do that. He's like, I want to beat you, but you're not letting me win. So this could be seen as a sign of him acknowledging her strength. Uraraka pauses right before her next attack, but she does so to thank Bakugo for keeping her eyes on her. And then, release! As this whole time, she's been floating up pieces of the broken ring that Bakugo has been destroying with his explosions. And she, when she gets enough debris, she releases them, causing a little meteor shower of all this debris. Like, oh, clever girl! It's so good. Like, I remember first time I saw that, I was just like, Oh, that's so good! Oh. <laughs> so sweet. But unfortunately, Bakugo, hands in the air, blows it away with one blast. Mm. Mm. After which, you can actually see that he was caught off guard by that move because his hands were like trembling a little bit. He even says to himself, Whoa, I almost let that get to me. Bakugo then gives a little smile, almost as if he was actually impressed by this move. Then he says, It's time for us to get serious! Uraka! He actually said her hey, name. Hey, remember, remembered her name. He remembered her name. That's that's a big step forward for Bakugo. Yeah. <laughs> so they go to clash head on, but Uraraka's body gives out on her and she collapses. She desperately just tries to crawl forward to like fight Bakugo, and you even see that Bakugo he's ready to fight more. He like he takes a fighting stance even though Uraraka is just like clawing and scratching her way towards him like so he's even still acknowledging that no she's still tough she could still fight Mm -hmm. she could still bite back in any moment he knows she's trying hard not to quit and just readying himself but it's not meant to be as midnight calls it and determines that uraraka can't continue so bakugo just wins by tko it's a very heartbreaking finish but but such a fine it's an incredible fight (laughs) (laughs) like it really really gets over uraraka like she is fucking awesome Mm, God, this 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 was one of those big 
put over moments for her in the series. This is like a character defining moment. Yeah, like Horikoshi really treating his female characters way better than say the fucking dude who does uh, Black Clover and how he treats Noelle. Oh, so much better. And also, like, after this fight, you can even see that Bakugo was a little disappointed, because, like, he was he was ready to throw down a bit more. He, was, he wanted to fight more, but, like, nah, the Uraraka couldn't continue. He just kind of, like, walks away, head down, hands in his pockets, kind of doing the uh, Charlie Brown sad walk away. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, this whole thing showed how much, he, how much respect he gained for Uraraka, even more so the fact that he calls her by her name, even though he didn't know her name at first. I know that's that's the, that's the that's the, a massive step in any relationship to have with Bakugo. Yeah, it's like he only he only calls people by the names of like folks he acknowledges as strong. Like it's Uraraka, maybe Kirishima, and All Might, and that's pretty much it. He'll never get a date any any someday. No, <laughs> <laughs> he'll just constantly be free, be forgetting women's names. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Blondie, ready to go out on a date? <laughs> No, you you got you got to like beat him within an inch of his life in order to like earn like the the honor of him remembering your name. <laughs> you got to give him a good fight. Oh, this reminds me of something. So, uh, another example of uh, Mikey here making a wrestling reference. So, take a shot. Uh, this whole thing reminds me of the uh, Velveteen Dream Alistair Black feud from NXT, where like Velveteen Dream he was trying to like get acknowledged by Alistair Black because he like he's like one of the toughest guys in NXT, but. Mr. Black wouldn't acknowledge him. He wouldn't even say his name. And he's like, Velveteen Dream going into the match. He's just like, I want you to say my name after our fight. And like, even though Alistair Black won the fight, he gets on the microphone and goes like, you put up a hard fight, Velveteen Dream. Mm. So like, it's kind of similar. Like, you know, you lost the battle, but you won the war and being acknowledged by your strength. Right, right. You st- you lost, but you still came forward in some way. Yeah, an even greater moment here is like, uh, you know, when Bakugo joins 1A in the stands, they're all like saying like, hey, how could you like fight someone so frail? What'd you do that for? And he goes like, I would definitely not call that girl frail. Mm. Respect for his foes. Respect. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. So time for a little unfinished business as Kirishima and Tetsu Tetsu have recovered and they have their arm wrestling match to see who moves on. And Kirishima takes the win. Afterwards, the two hardheads have a nice little manly handshake afterwards. So there's some more respect going around between these two guys. Oh, it's, it, I just feel like the, it's like the reincarnated energy of, like, uh, Armstrong from Full Metal Alchemist. <laughs> just having respect out there for, like, manly, for, like, manly muscular men. Yeah, and also I'm kind of also thinking of, uh... I would love to see someone do, like, uh, animation or, like, fan art of, like, uh, you know that scene from, like, that one Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where he goes, like, you son of a bitch, and they do the hand class. I want to see that, but with Kirishima and Tetsu Tetsu. Oh, it's it's it's, it's befitting the relationship, yeah. their rivalry. So, in the back, Uraraka gets a phone call from her dad after the fight, and I'll splice it in because this whole scene is just really, really heartwarming. I love their little conversation they have here. Sorry for not picking up earlier, Daddy. No, no, it's fine. Sorry for calling when you're busy. Your mom and I just watched you on TV. You almost won. You were amazing. It wasn't that close. And I wasn't very good. I rushed it too much at the end. I didn't have a backup plan for what I'd do if that big move didn't work out. I failed. You lost. But that doesn't mean you can't still be a pro hero. I know I don't have the best understanding of how all this works, but there's always next year, right? This isn't the end. I know, but I wish I could have gone further in the festival, so I would have had more chances to show what I'm made of. 
The scouts barely saw me do anything this time around. What are you in such a hurry for, huh? It's just... I want to help you guys out as soon as I can. Ochako, there's no need for you to rush. The very fact that you feel that way shows me you'll make a kind, caring hero one day. I am so proud of you. <laughs> It's, it's wonderful saying that like how they watch the fight but they're still very proud of her for how far she got in the entire uh, competition i know her she really really understands those like these small moments that really bring these characters over that really like help you attach to them in the long run yeah and also showing that they have that real world emotional attachment that can be a, that if if not for like the quirks you could apply if you took those out you could apply to like any other situation where somebody shot for the top but just missed that mark but yeah and you can just have people saying like hey you missed out but you still did great. You can still get him next time. Mm -hmm. You still did great, honey. And also, I just love, uh, she ha has a little moment with Deku here, too, where she tries to hide her disappointment, and just, she's still trying to put up a strong face, a strong smile to, like, say, hey, you know, we're not gonna be in the finals, but you can still do it. You can still win. I'm supporting you. And I'm just thinking, like, man, Rock is the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> Such the greatest. No, not, not the last time you'll say this. No. <laughs> During this summer. No, it's just, like, Mina may be my girl, but I have the biggest, softest, not frail in the slightest spot for in my heart for Uraraka. I got so much respect for Uraraka. She's the best. So Deku is re gets ready to head out for the second round, but before he can, he runs into Endeavor. Endeavor points out Deku's power is similar to All Might's, and I kind of have expected him to ask Deku too if he's All Might's secret love child as well. <laughs> <laughs> Did All Might secretly breed a child in competition with me? <laughs> why is everyone asking me that today? <laughs> Why is there? Why is everybody asking me about All Might's sex life? <laughs> All Might. So anyway, how's your sex life? <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you, you know he's got to be. He's got to be. He's got to have a pretty prominent one. Like who else? Who does out there doesn't want to get with the number one hero? Yeah, but then again, you think he'd probably like try to. Will he run out if he, like, turns into his, like, small might form afterwards? Oh, God, that would make for such a good comedy chapter where he's, like, <laughs> trying to go out with a girl or something and he has to constantly switch back and, like, turn off to save up on time. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's got to go in, go into the bathroom and, like, chill out for a while and, like, and, like de decompress his power <laughs> as he, like, you know, butters himself up and again getting like, the date. And he's like, come on, All Might, you can't go over three hours here. You got to... You gotta wrap it up in less than that. You can't keep this up any longer. <laughs> because then maybe you'll score tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, to see All Might's, you know, wilder, younger days. To see All Might try and, like, to, to try and force himself to finish quickly. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the date, like, alright, All Might, you gotta, you gotta wrap this up in about ten minutes. She may not be too satisfied, but I'll see what I can do for her that time. <laughs> Come on, you know, you are here, you are here, you are here! <laughs> kind of hyping himself up in the mirror. <laughs> uh, uh, God, he's got he's to fit on, like, five condoms so he doesn't, like, break through them. <laughs> <laughs> Would it be, like, the whole, like, you know, that whole thing people talk about why Superman and Lois Lane couldn't get together because he breaker or something? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, he, he he can show restraint. Like like Superman, he shows restraint. So <laughs> I imagine All Might is a very tender lover. Oh, yeah, he's a cuddler. I, I believe he might be. Oh, yeah, he, he's, he's totally a cuddler. 
This is the kind of stuff we talk about on the show. <laughs> debating, debating All Might as a Cuddler. This is why you this is why you guys listen to Anime Bebe right here. Oh, <laughs> uh, listen listen in on us on later podcasts. All Might, is he a top or a bottom? Oh, <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh Endeavor tells uh, Deku that he has plans for Todoroki to one day surpass All Might and that this fight would be a good test to see how much training he has left since, you know, their powers are very similar and all. Deku's comeback is right here as he's just basically saying, you know, he's not All Might, Todoroki isn't you, stop trying to use your son and me to fuel your rivalry with All Might. Like, which is really good. Just Deku's way of telling him to fuck off. Mmm, delicious. Just like, let me fight Todoroki by herself. Let us fight. Don't let you and All Might fight. Mm, not, this isn't between you, me, and him. Like, this is just between us two. And he believes that Todoroki is his own person, and going into this fight, he's gonna prove it. And oh, man, get fucking hyped, because it's time. It's it's the match of this arc. In this episode, Shoto Todoroki origin. You know, Uraraka and Bakugo is my second favorite fight in the sports fest, but... My number one favorite fight is coming up. It's Deku versus Todoroki. Well, I don't think anybody denies that this is the best fight of the arc. Oh, God. This like, is undoubtedly the best one. Like, if you think this fight isn't the best, then you really gotta rethink some things in your life. Because, holy shit, like, I'll call this fight like I usually do, but I'll say now, me talking about it isn't gonna do it any justice. Like, this is a moment you need to see for yourself. Alright, so the fight begins, and Todoroki opens with an ice barrage, but Deku counters... With a finger flick smash, it blows Todoroki back, but he creates some ice behind him so he doesn't get blown out of bounds. So initially, we see that Deku is willingly going to break his fingers for this fight. And that's when you realize this is gonna, this is gonna be a hard match to watch for uh, Deku here. Oh yeah, like, they trade ice barrages and smashes until Deku runs out of fingers on his right hand. Todoroki sees this opening and charges at Deku, who tries to back away, but is caught by ice. Deku goes to use his other hand to try to flick it away, but at the last moment, he changes his mind and goes for a smash at the last second, full-on with his full left fist. And it sends Todoroki back, but uh, he's caught, caught by the uh, ice block in his way, so he doesn't get caught out of bounds again. So now Deku's left arm is completely broken, but uh, Todoroki is still standing. Oh, it's brutal, man. It's brutal the way he's... he's like he's His arm is just like a purple mess by the end of this battle. God, I... I love and also really cringe at, like, how they animate the fact that someone's arm is broken, where, like, the skin just looks so raw and dead, and just, it looks so gross. He's he's gonna have no nerve endings by the end of this no. battle. He's gonna be lucky. He's gonna feel lucky if he can, like, feel anything afterwards in his hand. So, with Todoroki still standing even after that smash, but uh, Deku notices that he seems to be reaching some sort of limit as he sees his right arm trembling a bit. Todoroki goes to end it but with one more ice attack, but Deku isn't done yet. To the surprise of everyone, Deku breaks through the attack by using his already broken right index finger to flick smash the ice to break it even more. Deku calls Todoroki out on only using his ice quirk and how it's taken effect on him as he refuses to use his fire quirk to compensate for the drop in his body temperature. And he also points out that while his arms and fingers may be broken, that, that was his own doing. He broke his own body. Todoroki has yet to even scratch Deku at this point. And I'm just like, oh, that's really good. Oh, that digs in. And then Deku even just shouts out, You think you can win with half your strength? 
just even more just right because he's calling him out like this is like like the way you're like acting right here it's immature it's like insulting the abilities of everybody else he's just egging him on just like use your fucking fire man use your fucking fire if you want to beat me use your fire and all comes back to like what this is all about your father like forget him like this is your fight this is your power yeah you own it now own it right here and fight me So Todoroki switches to close combat since it looks like he's running on empty when it comes to his ice powers. Deku counters with a smash to the gut, sending Todoroki back, but not before he freezes Deku's arm. So now Deku's right arm is broken too and his left arm is all frozen up. The two continue to go back and forth with Deku, breaking his fingers even more. He's like using his already broken fingers to flick smash at Todoroki, breaking them even more and it just gets so brownish and purplish and it looks so gross when he gets down to like just his thumb i love like i loved looking back on this where like he puts his thumb in his mouth and like thumb flicks it out of his mouth to like unleash a smash and i'm like oh that's genius yeah like he's running on pure adrenaline at this point and like he tries to make a fist but like he can't he can't ball up his fans so that's when he like puts his thumb in his cheek and just tries to like flick it that way oh like he's just he is breaking himself so hard because he just wants to show that he can be a pro hero, but he's also trying to, like, bring that same drive, that same fire, literally and figuratively, out of Todoroki here. He's just like, I'm breaking myself, I'm owning this power, why don't you own your power? So he says, like, Todoroki has no right to be co- be the number one hero if he doesn't use that power, if he just sticks to using half of his energy. <laughs> now stand up! If you get hurt that easily, you can forget about beating All Might, or even a small-time villain. Please stop pushing him. He's only five years old. He can take it. Get out of my way! Mama? Shut up. I don't want to, Mom. Please. I... I don't want to be the kind of guy he is. I don't want to be someone who bullies you and hurts people, Mama. But honey, you do still want to be a hero, don't you? Just remember, stay true to yourself. You can be the kind of hero you want to be when you grow up. That's why I'm going to win this! I'll surpass you! Ignore them, Shoto. They live in a different world than the one I'm training you for. Mom, I feel like I'm going crazy. I can't take it anymore. Every day, the children seem more like him. And Shoto, a child's left side sometimes looks unbearable to me. All I can see is his father. I can't raise him anymore. I want to run away from this life. Mom? What are you saying? I remember. Moronic woman. To hurt you at such an important time. Where did Mama go? Huh? Oh, she hurt my masterpiece, so I put her in a hospital to keep you safe. It was your fault. Uh. 
You're the one who made her hurt me. I will reject you. I refuse to use my left side. And I'll splice you in like the Todoroki flashbacks as he flashes back to like his time, you know, training under Endeavor, Endeavor being very abusive and his mother like like the scene with this. Yeah, this is where we see the full extent of the abuse that he's like suffered under his childhood. And that like the abuse that his mother suffered under too, and how it affected their relationship. Yeah, like how you see one scene where like you just see little Todoroki just vomiting because Endeavor is just pushing him so hard and you can see his mother just pleading for Endeavor to just stop it. He's only a child, he's only four years old. The one scene which is just like it's so good, but it's just so heartbreaking and dark is like the scene where you see like uh Todoroki's mother in the kitchen with the boiling water on the phone talking to like someone about like how when she ever Yeah, she's like talking to her mother about how she feels like scared in this household and like how like frightened she is she's, of like her husband. She, and how she can't even look at her own son. She can't look at Todoroki because all she sees is his father. All she sees is Endeavor. And Todoroki overhears this and he's like, Mom, what's going on? And she's just like her sunken in eyes, just the shading and everything, and you just see the tea kettle just like going off and then like it just cuts immediately to Todoroki with a bandage over his eye like you don't even need to see it happen you just know what happened and then to know that like after it all too like 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 Endeavor just used like the like an insanity excuse to like send her off to a mental hospital yeah like, which to, is to deprive his own son of his mother yeah you're, like by the end of this you're just like fuck this guy like he even says like she got in the way of my masterpiece that's why I had to send her away right that is just Oh my god, that is just so fuck you, Endeavor. Ugh, that's vile. Comes back to the fight at hand, and just like, I gotta say, the acting is just so good because you just feel the raw intensity from both Justin Briner and Dave Matringa here because, like, they're just, it feels real. It feels like these two are just actually just going out trying to, like, pull out the best out of each other in the scene here. And then, oh, it happens. Todoroki uses his fire and makes it his own in this moment right here. And it just gets so good, like, I'll splice you in the finish to this fight, because this ending, this entire finish to this, one of the greatest fights this early in My Hero Academia is just so amazing. You are not a prisoner of your lineage. It's okay to use your power to become who you want to be. What is that? using his fire. When I'm in battle... I never use my left side. Incredible. You made him use his father's power. Midoriya. Don't tell me you were trying to save young Todoroki this whole time. You're helping your opponent. You're a fool. Even though you want to win this battle, now which one of us is screwing around? I want it to. I'll be a hero. Yes, Shoto! Huh? Have you finally accepted your purpose? That's it. Very good. This is the dawn of a new era for us. With my blood in your veins, you'll surpass me. You will live up to the reason I created you! And that was suddenly shouts words of encouragement? What a doting father! Amazing. 
smiling. With those injuries, in this hopeless situation, you must be crazy. <clears throat> Don't blame me for what happens next. Yeah, the, the animation itself, like, speaks for it as well. God, I feel like Bones just had to, like, throw all the money in the world to, like, make that scene look so good. Right, th this, this is the big animation moment for this arc right here. And even better, the great background track, You Say Run, coming in, just building and building, and then... It, once it starts really getting going, it never sounded so good. And it all comes to a big explosive climax as, like, the referees have to, like, stop the match because it's getting to the point where yeah, they're like, gonna, like, kill each other. Yeah, like, Midnight and Cementos try to use their quirks to stop them, but, like, it's not enough. Like, the, the explosion's gonna happen anyway, and just, it blows up nearly the entire stadium. <sighs> all I have written down here is just, everything is awesome, I need a cigarette, and I don't even smoke. <laughs> Like that's my that's my review of this fight, just that right there. <laughs> so good. It's like you just had sex. <laughs> <laughs> Was it good for you? <laughs> <laughs> so after an intense contest, Todoroki wins as Deku was thrown out of bounds. Holy shit this fight. Like you know it's good when I get winded even just watching it or even talking about it here. Like last night I was watching AEW's Double or Nothing and like those fights are just like almost on par with like the, with this fight right here about Yeah, it, it gets your blood pumping. It, it gets you excited. It makes you just want to go out and go like, yeah, and just maybe punch a wall or something. <laughs> and again, me talking about this fight does not do it justice. Just fucking watch this. Watch this fight. Go on to Funimation's site. Like you don't even have to pay the money. Just watch the ads. Watch ads to watch this fight. It's just so that damn good. Bravissimo. Bravissimo. Oh my god. It's... Oh, yeah. So on to the next episode. Fight on, Ida. Even though the sports fest has already peaked, the rest of it is still pretty good as, you know, we move on to the rest of the second round, but, you know, it's kind of reminding me of when we covered Yuri on Ice and we had that big moment where Yuri gave the performance of a lifetime in the, in the finals, but we were like, oh wait, there's still more skaters to go. <laughs> Like, we had our big emotional grand moment, but like, oh, wait, it's not over yet. We still have more people to watch. At this point, people are probably just going to be getting, the audience are probably just going to be, like, on their phones and stuff. Just like, all right, let's wrap this up, folks. It'd be like uh, this past year at the Royal Rumble, where, like, after uh, Becky Lynch won the Royal Rumble, we had, like, Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles, and the crowd were just like, yeah, yeah, that's good, I guess, but you know, we're just so tired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, first up, we have uh, Todoroki running into his dad. 
And uh, Endeavor is just so proud of his son for finally using his fire quirk, but uh, Todoroki tells him to take his fatherly pride and shove it. Oh, uh, yeah, and this is, like, like outs, outs, like other than, like, the Deku and Todoroki exchange they have, this is, like, my other favorite ex- favorite exchange of this arc. Yeah. Where, to- where Todoroki looks at his dad and just says, like, Dad, the only reason I was able to put out so much out there, the only reason I was able to use my fire quirk was all because, for the first time in my life, I stopped thinking about you. Yeah. I stopped, I, because I, st- it's, I, it only wor- I was only able to work it because I stopped thinking and wanting to impress you. Oh my god. Or trying, or no, 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 trying to get back at you. Yeah, that so good scene right there. So back with Deku, his arm has been completely shattered, and while he'll be healed, he won't necessarily be the same again. And it's pretty kind of gruesome, because like he has both of his arms in like two casts and everything, and it's just recovery girl saying like, yeah... You really wrecked yourself with this fight. He's lucky he doesn't have to have his food, like, spoon-fed to him for yeah. the rest of his life here. <laughs> so, Deku apologizes to All Might because he felt he let him down for breaking himself and not winning, but All Might tells himself that, nah, he did good. He helped Todoroki understand that his power is his own and shouldn't be restricted in following in Endeavor's footsteps. It's a moral victory, but a victory nonetheless. And a really big one, actually. On to the rest of the fights as Ida makes quick work of Shiozaki by getting behind her and just pushing her out of bounds. <laughs> Which I thought was pretty funny. Well, it helps that, uh, well, they, they don't bring it up in this arc, but it, it's it's insignificant. Like, they it's it's brought up in the series that she's, like, a straight-up pacifist. Oh, yeah. So she doesn't, like, you know, use excessive violence or anything. She's, like, she, she's very squeamish about using any, like, big force against her enemy and stuff. So, you know, Tenya, you know, Ida just had to get right behind her and just, like, bum-rush her out of the ring. <laughs> so, like, Easy as pie. So, like, the only re- reason she beat uh, Kaminari in the first round is because he was an idiot. Exactly. <laughs> And then we have uh, Tokoyami using Dark Shadow to beat Mina by ring out, but I just say, hey, still a winner in my heart, Mina. Yeah, you're, you're, st- you're still a big winner. But we jump back to Deku getting out of surgery, and he's still banged up, but at least he can walk now. Though, because of his injuries, he's now left with a permanently cro- crooked right hand and complete with a scar. And this will stick with him for the rest of the series. Hey, it's a pretty awesome scar, though. Oh, yeah, scars are, scars are common with, like, shonen heroes. Just look at Luffy past time skip with his big X on his chest. One of the coolest characters to ever have a scar had literally in his name, in his name, as his name, Scar. Yeah, from Full, full Metal. Yeah. <laughs> scars will never not be cool in no, that's the best piece one. of fiction. That's the best one because it's just big X across his face and, like, even the backstory of how he got it is still great. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. So Deku and All Might walk back together and Deku continues to second-guess himself about being his his successor because how can, can he continue if he keeps breaking himself like this? How can he handle one for all if it's... If this keeps happening, also he's stuck with a permanent scar, just like as a big reminder of like him seeing seeing as how his body can handle one for all. He just looks at this scar in his hand, going like, "Am I really worthy?" And he even goes far to suggest that maybe All Might should have picked someone with a quirk because you know if they already had a quirk, they would already they can know control. They would have experience controlling these superpowers. But All Might doesn't second guess his decision as he tells Deku that not being born with a quirk doesn't make you any less worthy for one for all. And he should know because he was born quirkless too. Just like Deku, All Might didn't have a quirk either before One for All. And when he first met Deku, he saw a lot of himself, a lot of his young self in him. He's able to get to where he is because he had a great mentor who saw a lot of potential in him. And he sees the same in Deku. Now, this this is a very sweet moment. But like, I will say this. It's, it's a little... It does put what <laughs> All Might says near the beginning of the series in retrospect. 
it sort of recontextualizes it as a little dickish. Yeah. <laughs> like when he first meets Deku and says, yeah. well, yes, if you don't have a quirk, then yeah, you can't be a hero, kid. But like, but now you just find out he never had one, and it's like, well, wow, All Might. In retrospect, that was a very like jaded thing to say to a kid. Yeah, it's kind when of, you yourself had it granted on you. It's kind of sad at the same time too, really. Yeah, it is. Like, I don't know if he was like feeling like that dejected at that point, and even like knowing what happens later in the series, like I don't think he was. I don't think All Might was jaded at all at that time or anything. Like, he was at a particularly low point. Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't know. I feel a little weird about that. Yeah, it could have been, like, a weird writing thing that Horikoshi did. Yeah, maybe he just... Maybe that was, like, one tiny aspect he hadn't, like... F- like, he hadn't really, like, thought of yeah. yet. He had an idea, but maybe he didn't want to go through with it. Right, right. Like, this whole idea of, like, All Might originally being uh, quirkless or something. Or or maybe, maybe... Then again, given how tightly written the rest of the series is, maybe it's just one of those things where, like, he... You know, it just, it just slipped through the cracks. Yeah, just early stuff that just kind of, like... You just kind of maybe forgot about. Like it was one tiny uh, like part of the painting that he just didn't touch up, and you know. Yeah, but still, like this uh, great moment and like a really great reveal about all my. Oh yeah, the, the reason it's the reason nobody talks about like that kind of problem is because like it's overshadowed completely by what's done right here. Yeah, it's a wonderful, wonderfully done scene. Yeah, and also we get kind of brief hints at like uh, All Might's mentor, who we'll probably see uh, maybe later on here. Mmm. Yes. But back to the fights as the Mega Bros explode here at the Sports Fest as Bakugo takes on Kirishima. Bakugo puts their bromance aside and gets the win and joins the Final Four with Todoroki, Tokoyami, and Ida. And speaking of Ida, before he goes out for his fight, he tries to call up his big brother, Tensei, aka Ingenium, played here by Phil Parsons, whom you may remember as the same big brother Ida spoke highly of back in Season 1. He doesn't answer his phone because he's preoccupied with work, specifically coming face-to-face with someone known only as... The hero killer. But we'll get back to him. Oh yes, will we get back to him. The semifinals are now underway as Ida takes on Todoroki. Ida uses his speed to avoid Todoroki's ice, and when he gets up close to him, he activates his Recipro Burst, which is the same move he used in the cavalry battle, and kicks Todoroki to the ground, which probably hurt so bad, because you have a leg, some, like, Ida's big meaty leg coming at you at like full speed, knocking you to the ground, and, he, and Todoroki bounced off the ground too. <laughs> oh yeah, you wouldn't want to take that. Yeah. So with ten seconds until his engine stall, Ida grabs him to throw him out, but then he suddenly stalls early as Todoroki quickly throws Ida's mufflers after that kick. Oh no! This is the downside to having mufflers on your leg. <laughs> Why was I born with engines? <laughs> Why was I born with a with a fatal flaw that could be found in a car? <laughs> why don't I have why don't I get good gas mileage? <laughs> <laughs> then Todoroki completely freezes Ida in place and gets the win. Hey, still a winner in my heart, Ida. Now it's Bakugo versus Tokoyami. Bakugo spends the fight wailing on Dark Shadow as the light from his explosions continue to weaken it more and more. He was able to figure out that it that was his weakness by constantly attacking. And after pinning Tokoyami to the ground, Bakugo wins by surrender. I will admit, like, his his new, like, flash, he, Bakugo demonstrates, like, a new move here, yeah, too. Yeah, stun, like, stun grenade. Stun grenade. I, <laughs> can you really do that with just nitroglycerin? Maybe if you, like, if it's... No, because I think for, like, flash grenades, you need, like, a different, uh, you need, like, a different uh, igniter or primer or something in order, in order to initiate that effect. Okay. No, maybe it's kind of, like, sort of the same principle as, like, a flash grenade. Whatever, it's, it's shown in logic, so yeah, you can make a, an excuse here, yeah. but, like... Bakugo, I think you're... But I'm just saying, like, Bakugo, I think you're missing an important ingredient here. That's not how flash grenades work. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, it's my power, and I can do whatever it how I want to. 
Hey, whatever, man. <laughs> it's your quirk. So the finals are set as it's Bakugo versus Todoroki. But before we can get to that, Ida gets a phone call from his mother. She tells him that Tensei was attacked and hospitalized by a villain. The hero killer got him, and when he did, he told him he isn't even worthy to be called a hero. Just like everyone else who calls themselves heroes. The only worthy one to do so, and the only worthy one who could even kill him, is none other than All Might. Ladies and gentlemen, the hero killer, the mysterious shadowy figure at the end of season one, Stain, played here by Rob McCullum. Oh, man. <laughs> and we'll get more into Stain on the next podcast, but, uh, you know, quick thoughts on him before, uh, without giving too much away. Did you hear my shudder? <laughs> <laughs> He's he, he he is a character that like to that like that like just flip flopped everything for me when he debuted. When he like we'll see more of him coming up, but like oh, he's such a game changer. Yeah. Of a bad guy, or is he a bad guy? We'll need to see. Whose side is he on? Whose side is he on? Oh, you you're gonna have some good times ahead. But you know, one person who wants him on his side is uh, Tomuro Shigaraki as he's taken an interest in Stain as he sends Kurugiri to contact him in person. But we'll get to see the extent of uh, their conversation a little later on. Yeah, next time. Although, although bringing up uh, Tomuro Shigaraki for this arc at least, I do love a little moment uh, earlier in this where like, uh, I, think he's, uh, I think he's asked by uh, his unseen benefactor to watch the sports festival yeah and you see him kind of just watching it on a tv screen inside the bar with kuragiri so uh i'm left wondering what exactly is he doing during this whole arc like is he just like is he just like sitting at like the bar with like a bowl of popcorn just like <laughs> just like being told by kuragiri to take notes on, on like all these heroes <laughs> and like how they're fighting and stuff <laughs> Is he just knocking back some brews while yeah. he's just, like, <laughs> checking out the games? Yeah. <laughs> Is he live-tweeting the events online using the hashtag UA Sports Fest? <laughs> he's, like, shit-posting online about the event as it's live going on. Oh, man, look at this idiot who fried his brain against Vine Girl. Lol. <laughs> What's the deal with this balls kid? He looks terrible. <laughs> he's just trolling all them online. <laughs> As, like, some anonymous Twitter yeah. user. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? He probably would do that because, as they said, he's a man-child. <laughs> he's probably got, like, eight separate accounts yeah. that he uses yeah. to, like, <laughs> to, like, shitpost the whole event. He's got, like, a private Twitter where he, like, talks about his feelings and stuff. So, like, say, hey, if you want to follow this, send me a DM. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Please, please show us what he was doing during this whole event. Oh, please. my God. Oh, please. Was he doing that, or was he just being, like, forced by Kuragiri to take notes like it was homework? Yeah, or, like, uh, the Unseen Benefactor. Like, what was he, What was he or she or they reacting to this whole thing? <laughs> uh, I want more League of Villains! Yeah. Come more, on! More League of Wiggy. <laughs> so, it's time for the Sports Festival main event as Bakugo takes on Todoroki in the finals. But before we get down to business, Todoroki is in one of the waiting rooms mulling over, over a few things, like his mother and how Deku helped him with his problem. But this is interrupted by Bakugo kicking down the door into the room, thinking it's his, only to realize he's in the wrong room. <laughs> wait. You, just, you just do that regularly, Bakugo? It's like, wait, waiting room two? This is my... whatever. But, uh, oh well, time to take uh, take this opportunity to uh, for some uh, pre-match trash talk. 
or rather tell Todoroki to forget about Deku, forget about his family problems, and focus on their fight. Also, he tells him to go all out and use his fire quirk because he wants to beat Todoroki as his best. The two competitors have taken to the ring and are ready to fight it out. They go at it with Bakugo pulling off his usual explosions while Todoroki is surprisingly only sticking with his ice powers. Bakugo is desperately trying to get him to use his fire and he wants beating Todoroki to mean something because if he believes he, he believes if he only beats him at about 50% power, that's not really a win. Todoroki is still hesitating as that spark he had during his fight with Deku seems to be lost. But Deku stands up in the crowd to try to motivate him to get him to use it and it looks like it works as Todoroki starts to unleash his fire. Bakugo dives toward him in a really cool move where like he uses his explosions to kind of spin him in the air almost kind of like a somewhat of a missile like flying right at Todoroki. Right like or almost like a bullet through like a gun or something that's given like a spin effect due to like the bore of the barrel. God, I love how he uses his explosion so much. I know, he's so freaking creative with yeah. his abilities. Yeah, and it's explosions, like, you'd think that'd be very simple, but no, like, you can, like, get really smart with it by, like, just using it to, like, move you Yeah, he really air. demonstrates how versatile his ability can be. Yeah, absolutely. Todoroki gets ready to attack, but at the last minute, he gets sudden flashes of his mom being disgusted by his left side and his father being an abusive asshole. He stops his fire at the last minute and quickly switches back to ice, but it's too late as Bakugo is... Explosion sends Todoroki flying out of the ring, and the match comes to an end. A very, very wet fart of a finish right here. Yeah, nobody, like, really impressed by the end. And Bakugo was just so... He is distraught at this finish. Like, he is panicking. He's almost on the verge of tears. Like, he didn't want to win that way. Like, he runs up to, like, Todoroki's kind of, like, unconscious bodies, like, grabbing him by the collar, saying, like, No! You didn't lose! Get up! I want to fight you more! Use your fire! Why won't you use your fire? Audience was probably thinking the same thing, like, come on, fight more! Yeah. You two were, like, the MVPs of this competition. You gave us one of the hypest moments in, like, UA Sports Fest history with your fight with Midoriya back there. I know. Why don't you do like, the same? It's like pitting the two hottest wrestlers against each other in the end. You, you gotta put out gold. Yeah, like, I wanted Kenny Omega versus Kazuchika Okada here. Instead, you gave us... Instead, you gave us Triple H versus Batista at WrestleMania this year. There we go. <laughs> He wanted Todoroki at his best, but he didn't get it. This is a hollow victory. And he's too prideful to let it end this way, but unfortunately, it that's just the way it is. And, like, uh, you really feel for him, because, especially considering, like, a fight between Bakugo and Todoroki has been kind of, like, you kind of see them planting the seeds for this fight all the way back in Season 1 with, like, Bakugo talking about, you know, Todoroki really sweeping through the mock battles by just freezing the building, like, that whole moment where he says, like, He's great. Why aren't I that good? Oh yeah, they built up perfectly at this point that these two were like the the true the true top dogs of the class. Yeah, and then but then but because of course you know character, yeah, like <laughs> it had it had to end like this. Yeah, it yeah. just had to. Like story wise, you had to have like this blue balls finish where it's very disappointing, but you kind of get where they're going with this. Mm-hmm. Because Todoroki changed too much, and you know that causes slip ups. Yeah, he's still kind of he's still kind of figuring out some things. And he'll have to figure things out for a long time after this. Right. But before Bakugo can go on a rampage for, like, winning this way, Midnight knocks him out with Rick Quirk and officially declares him the winner and the first year champion of the UA Sports Festival. The award ceremony closes out the event with the top three results being Tokoyami in third, Todoroki in second, and our boy Bakugo in first. And uh, Bakugo is uh, chained up to the uh, metal podium like he's friggin' 
King Kong or uh, Hannibal Lecter here with like the mask and everything, and his like arms are just kind of like chain locked together. I found it more shocking that the that the staff here had all that gear yeah, on hand yeah. <laughs> very quickly. Like they knew someone like him will go nuts, and like they need to be able to restrain him. <laughs> his his mother called up and said, "Like, listen, you don't know him. You need you need these devices. You need you need like a straight jacket. And you need and you need like a Hannibal Lecter mask because trust me, if things don't go, if th- if he's not impressed by the end of this he will like kill everybody yeah especially the mask because you know he's a biter mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh should also mention here that uh before season two uh premiered uh i remember back in 2016 you and i both went to uh metacon and uh one of the guests was cliff shapen and yeah we saw him at a, at a, on a panel yeah and i remember like uh you know leading up to season two i asked him like saying like hey you know what are you looking forward to most when it comes to uh, bakugo in season two you know what what do you want to see out of him he said he is looking mostly forward to this one moment right here. This is what he was looking forward to the most. Bakugo <laughs> being strapped to a metal podium like a crazy person. Because you gotta imagine what, what event could possibly push him to that point where he's placed in that. Yeah, like he even says that like he saw pictures from the manga, but he had no context because he didn't want to spoil himself. So he just wanted to know like why why is he strapped to this metal to like this metal podium like a crazy person? Why is he like being forced to like wear a gold medal? What is going on? Why is he so mad? <laughs> And uh, I love that uh, All Might comes in to, like, give everyone their medals. And uh, when he gives some to uh, Tokoyami and Todoroki, he gives them a nice little nice little hug, which I thought was kind of nice. Aww. But uh, no hug for Bakugo as he's still trying to, like, flail around and try to break out of his chains. So instead he tries to give him the medal, but Bakugo is just, like, not having any of it. So instead he just tries to, like, put it around his neck, but he's Bakugo's putting his head back. So instead he just puts it in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> And, like, watching this is just, like, it's just so great. <laughs> and, like, uh, the best part is uh, after the sports fest, when they cut back to everyone in class, Bakugo still has the medal in his mouth, and he's still just, like, fiercely shaking in anger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just watching this going, like, how can anyone hate Bakugo? He's just consistently a great source of entertainment with little <laughs> moments like this. I know, right? Like, even in... <laughs> Comedy gold. Like, even at the end where it cuts to him just, like, you know, brushing his teeth because he didn't want, like, all the germs from the metal in his mouth. <laughs> oh, God. It's, you know, it's it's that kind of pettiness that yeah. I love. And you can hear his mom in the background just giving out to him, telling him, tell him to shut the fuck up. <laughs> and with that, the sports fest has come to a close, but things aren't all happy as Ida makes it to the hospital where his brother is at and sees that he is in critical condition. Things aren't looking good for Tensei, but... You know, to end the episode on a lighter note, we see Todoroki go visit his mom as the two haven't seen each other since the incident with the boiling water. He sees this as a first step into dealing with this fire quirk, and if his mother can accept him, then maybe he can start learning to accept himself. God, this arc was so good. It's so... Ah. For, like, the first arc after, you know, we get everything set up in Season 1 and ending off on League of Villains, you know, this is a great way to get back into Season 2. I know, it's so strong. <laughs> Such, such, such a good one to have so early in the series. Yeah. You know, you know, like, you know, you could always criticize, like, any series, like, playing the contest, playing, like, the, you know, tournament arc a little too early or something, but, like, I don't think anybody can deny that Horikoshi nailed it perfectly. Oh, God, yeah. And so, time to really close out the first half of Season 2 here with time to pick some names. With the Sports Fest behind them, Class 1A is gearing up for their next series of events, which are Hero Internships. Everyone in class will be working alongside a pro hero in order to get some real-world experience when it comes to hero work. Usually they save this for later on, but since everyone got experience fighting real villains during the USJ incident, they might as well start now. So yeah, you, like, you remember that one episode of Hey Arnold where Arnold had to like... <laughs> 
uh, go spend a week or so with uh, the Jolly Ollie Man, the <laughs> yeah. ice cream man of his neighborhood who just hated everybody. Yeah, it's pretty much this <laughs> for an entire arc. Yeah. Although, although, and and just like that episode too, it was it's it, it's ju- it's not an internship; it's job shadowing. <laughs> <laughs> I know this is kind of you're a bit of a stickler for this whole y- thing. Yeah, yeah, this will come up later on. But like they 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 translate some of this some of the uh, events here a little weirdly. I don't know how they were in the originals, but like they don't operate at all like how they uh, say they are. Like they call them internships here, but like it's clearly job shadowing. <laughs> They're just spending like a period of time with a professional in their field of work and just taking notes from them and learning from like uh, the uh, the learning a few of the ropes of the trade that they're uh, going through now. Internships will come up later in the series, <laughs> yes. And you know, I don't want to spoil anything, but they call them work. They call those work study, <laughs> which. Not really. That's more of a college thing to do. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that exists in like some high school environments, but like it's it, it doesn't function the same way, really. I wonder if it's like a Japanese thing. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it is a bit of a Japanese thing, and how that kind of translates mm-hmm. uh, as you like bring it over here in localizations. Yeah, but, so that's why it makes it a little weird. Yeah, I don't know, but uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, UA the class one A is uh, doing job shadowing. <laughs> I'm still next gonna, up. I'm still gonna call it internships. Fuck you. <laughs> hey, I'm just going with what the uh, show says. Yeah, well, I'm going with what's called correct terminology. <laughs> but first things first, they all need hero names with Midnight here to have final approval. Oh, we're going to have some fun here. Oh, here we go. So with hero names, you need to reinforce your image and let everyone know what kind of hero you are. And also, when you come up with your name, you have to present it to the entire class. So first up is Aoyama, and he goes with the name, I cannot stop twinkling which Midnight short- shortens to Can't Stop Twinkling. <laughs> and I'm going to go through all of them, by the way. Well, he's got the twink part down. <laughs> hey And uh, up next is my girl Mina picks Alien Queen, but Midnight doesn't approve of Ridley Scott movie references, so she has to change it. It's 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 a little too close. Like they, like like uh, you know, it could be copyrighted. Yeah, it's, it's that. It's too close. You don't want to get sued by Fox and by extension Disney now, since they own Fox. Yeah, you, you don't fuck with Ridley Scott. Okay, <laughs> like he's he's a vin- he's very vindictive, right? With his lawsuits, <laughs> I presume. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he's vindictive with his filmmaking. I can tell you that. <laughs> fuck Prometheus. <laughs> but uh, Sue comes up with the first normal name out of the bunch with rainy season hero Froppy, which is really the cutest name. Awesome. Amazing. <laughs> Best one of them all. <laughs> Already. And I love when this first episode premiered, like, there were just, like, a crap ton of people with gifts of everyone going, Froppy, Froppy, Froppy. Because <laughs> you listen to it and you're all like, God, that works so well. It really does. It she, works so well. And she even says it that... It puts a smile on your face. And she even says that she had this name thought up ever since she was, like, in elementary school. God, like, she, she had it coming that long, you know. That's impressive. Right. Next. And, and it, it's so and it, she came up with it at such a young age, such a great idea. She had an idea for age. being a hero just so long ago. She she knew genius. Genius popped into her head at such a young age. Ah, uh, it's so good. Next is Kirishima, where he goes with sturdy hero Red Riot, which is an homage to a hero that he looks up to named Crimson Riot. That sounds even more like a ripoff than like Alien Queen, though. <laughs> <laughs> and and Midnight even points that out. Like, isn't that a little too close to Crimson Riot? <laughs> Yeah, but you know, you gotta pay homage. You know, it's like it's like in wrestling where you have like Awesome Kong named after Aja Kong. 
Watch him have like merch made of him later on though, when he's like an adult and people are like, Wow, hey, do you have any hey, do you have any <laughs> do you have any like Crimson Riot like uh merch? Oh no, we have Red Riot merch. <laughs> oh, I was looking for Crimson Riot merch. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna cause so much confusion. Then we have Jiro with the hearing hero, earphone jack. Then Shoji, the tentacle hero, tentacle. 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 <laughs> Even earphone jack, I'm like, eh, you couldn't you couldn't workshop that a little bit more. Color AirPods. AirPods. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> then we have uh, Cero, the taping hero, cellophane. Ooh, actually, I take it back. That's my okay. Like, like I'll take it back. That's my favorite one <laughs> out of all the all of the ones here. Cero, cello, cellophane. Oh, oh, I just got that. Get now. it? Ah. Uh, oh, that's that's my favorite. I'll I'll just spoil it right now. That's my favorite one of the bunch right here. Okay, that's a good. It's it rolls off the tongue so well. It's good for the pun. Then we have Ojiro as the martial arts hero, Tailman. Tailman. <laughs> okay, okay. It's it's your one gimmick. And like uh, same thing goes for Sato as he's the sweets hero, Sugar Man. Sugar Man. I pre- it sounds a little too close to Sugar Daddy. I would have gone for Sugar Rush. <laughs> no, come on, he should have been called Sugar Daddy. <laughs> sugar Daddy. And he- well, though Sugar Rush is the name of his like quirk and stuff. Yeah. So. Well, then again, we do see, we do see some. I could have sworn there's like a character here or there in the series that does name themselves after their quirk. So okay, it won't be out. Of, it won't be out of the norm. But yeah, Sugar Rush. I do admit. Oof. That would have been stronger. Now I'm kind of wondering if any like uh, Sato fans out there are going to not start calling him Sugar Daddy. <laughs> or do they already call him that? That's probably what his fans call him. <laughs> Sugar Daddy. Uh, and then we have Mina come up with like an actual name. She goes with Pinky. To which I say, hey, cat, brilliant brain. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that she comes up with that out of anger. And yet they're just like, yeah, cool. That works. <laughs> also now with this name. And I was just kind of thinking like, oh, man. Caitlin Glass, if she ever goes to a convention with uh, Maurice LaMarche, I just want them to get a picture together so they can be pinky in the brain. Pinky in the brain. (laughs) (laughs) Then we have Kaminari, the stun gun hero, Charge Bolt. Charge Bolt. (laughs) Sounds like a... Such an edgy name. Sounds like an XFL football team. The San Francisco Charge Bolts. (laughs) Then we have Hagakure, the stealth hero, Invisible Girl. A little on the nose, but works. Simple, but effective. Yes. Then Yayirozu, the everything hero, Createy. Oh, I like it. It's it's, pretty, it's it's like, I like anything that ends with an E. Uh, Todoroki comes up and he just goes with plain old Shoto. To which I say, come, come on, man, just go with Icy Hot. I know you're ha- I know you're going through like a tough time right now, but you can try a little hot harder. Come on. I would have, oh, no, no, I would have preferred Freezer Burn. Oh, that's a good one too. Ah, there we go. Snowflame! Snowflame! <laughs> Snowflame feels no pain! <laughs> It would have been the best thing ever oh, man. if they if Horikoshi tried to take that name from such a terrible villain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the cocaine hero, the co- Snowflake. Oh man, that'd be great. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, now I'm just waiting for like that to be a quirk in this world. <laughs> oh please, someone gets superpowered by snorting. <laughs> well, later on in the series, like n- this isn't a spoiler in any way, but like there is a guy who uh, has a quirk that. Uh, uh, makes him stronger the more embarrassed he is. So he like so he gets stronger by like being a flasher. <laughs> <laughs> it's used for a one-off gag there, like uh, at one moment. But like it was, I was just like, that's genius. Oh, that's great. Oh, next up is Tokoyami as the jet black hero Sukoyomi. What does that mean, like in like in Japanese? Sukuyomi? That's a good question. I'm gonna look that up. 
Okay, Sukuyomi is the moon god in Shinto and Japanese mythology. The name Sukuyomi is a compound of the old Japanese words suku, which, which means moon, month, becoming modern in Japanese suki, and yomi, reading and counting. That is genius. <laughs> that is great right there. Yeah, and also I believe it uh, says that uh, it's also a jutsu in Naruto used by uh, Sasuke. You edgy Tokuyami! Thank you, thank you. That is a fantastic name. That's that is. A grade right there. It's not cellophane. <laughs> you, you will never reach those heights, but it is fantastic. Uh, let's kind of downgrade a bit here with uh, Mineta as the fresh picked hero, Grape Juice. <laughs> Grape Juice? <laughs> So, Honestly, I kind of like that. I kind of like that. I don't know. I kind of would have expected him to go with the uh, whitest kids you know reference and call himself the grapist. <laughs> <laughs> Villains beware, because I'm going to go in and grape you in the mouth. They'll tie those villains to a radiator and grape them. Midnight goes, you're going to what them in the mouth? You're going to grape them. Really? Because I think people might take offense to that what with what because it sounds like you're saying that you're going to rape them what the, no no this could, this could rape them i'm the grapist <laughs> perfect i i'm i i'm jealous that i didn't think of that joke before you i'm jealous oh my god i just it's just like it all it all clicked when i first watched this scene. i'm just like oh come on i gotta make that reference i'm calling him that from now on the grapist mineta is now officially the grapist anyone out there mineta cosplayers you are now grapists anyone who uh, hashtags mineta from now on which i don't know why you would do but like please hashtag the grapist with him <laughs> please get that name rolling uh, apologies to, in advance to uh, Brina Polinsi, who may have to uh, deal with this. I don't know. I think she would love that, because she loves how everybody hates him. Yeah, for, yeah, she'd probably get a kick out of this, actually. <laughs> Either way, you're welcome. <laughs> After that, we have Koda, the petting hero, Anima. Ooh, nice. It even it even brings to mind like the actual word, Anima. Too, yeah. So, very classy. Then Bakugo chooses King Explosion Murder. I heard that and was like, are you kidding me? Try again. <laughs> You've been wanting to be a hero all these years, and you didn't have a name figured out. So then he goes with Lord Explosion Murder, which is basically the same thing. <laughs> Personally, I would have gone with Baku Blow. Baku Blow. <laughs> okay, that works too. He's gonna Baku too. Blow you. <laughs> Ooh, nice. Then we have Uraraka going with Uravity, which I kind of like. Mmm, that's got a nice ring to it's it. Got, yeah, it's it's very catchy to say Uravity. Uravity. Ida is about to pick his name, which leads to a flashback with him and his brother at the hospital. Tensei tells him that because of his injuries, he can't feel his legs anymore, so this is the end of him as the hero in Jinium. But he wants Ida to take up that name and that mantle and carry on the legacy for him. Ida is about to pick that name. He has it already somewhat written down, but he can't bring himself to do it. So he just goes with plain old Tenya. Sad, but I also said, hey, there's always emergency exit, though. I know, like, although I will admit, like, they, 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 I was surprised by how, like, quickly they dropped that name, though. Come on, bring it back! Yeah, because, like, they, they hyped it up to, like, at the beginning, like, it was gonna actually, like, mean something, like, it was gonna be, like, a name, or, like, even, like, a nickname they were gonna stick with, but, like, they never did. 
I was kind of, I was kind of, I was a little disappointed by that. Yeah. So, so in addition to hashtagging anything with me netting it with the grapist, hashtag anything with the uh, eat in it as emergency exit. Never forget. Never forget you, emergency you, you exit. Were, you were emergency exit first. You, you will always, you have emergency exited your way into my heart. Don't forget your past. <laughs> and last but not least, Deku goes with Deku. Everyone is surprised by this, but Deku says that he doesn't hate the name anymore. And he wants it to take on a more positive meaning. And when he's talking about that name, we get a shot of Uraraka smiling as she was the one who helped him realize that this name could be the name of a hero. I'm glad his, like, derogatory nickname before wasn't Dipshit. Yeah. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, then, seeing him try to, like, put that over with everybody, like, my hero name. It'll be the name, this will be, a- I used to, like, look down on this name. But now I realize that it will be a name that will give, that will give hope to the masses. I will be dipshit, the hero. <laughs> Everybody looks at him all like, no. <laughs> Think of a different one. <laughs> so let's see, what else did uh, Bakugo call me throughout life? Um, let's see, fuckface, <laughs> showed whistler, <laughs> dick nips. Let's see, what else? I've, I've got like a list here, folks. Like, we could go through this all day. Beta cuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like... One hour later, and they're just like, just go with Deku. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know what? That actually sounds like a name. Might as well stick with it. <laughs> really? Because I had all these like slurs that he was gonna like <laughs> that he called me before too, like in a you know non prejudice non prejudicial but like still like very offensive way. Not not Deku Deku. That's fine. You need to be. You need a hero name for everyone. <laughs> so yeah, out of all these names, these are all really good names here. Even some of the weird, dumber ones like fucking grape juice. <laughs> <laughs> It's a it's a funny it's a funny lighthearted moment that really helps us uh you know kind of bring come back down to reality a little bit. So with all these names settled, it's time for everyone to pick who they're gonna intern with. I'm still saying intern. Usually you pick someone who will match what kind of hero you wanna be and what works best with your powers. Or you can pick someone with skills that I think will help you in the long run, like with Uraraka choosing to intern with the hero Gunhead in order to learn more hand to hand combat skills. And other things we sort of notice is that uh Todoroki looks like he's going to be interning with uh, Endeavor, his own dad, as he was the one who uh, personally requested him to like join up with his agency. Mm, so this is going to be a good chance for everybody to learn some new real-world skills. And as for Deku, well, he finds out from All Might that someone has reached out to him wanting to have Deku intern with them. This person is known as Gran Torino, who knows all about One for All and was once All Might's homeroom teacher at UA for one year. And he is also the friend of the person who passed down One for All to All Might. And we also see that All Might kind of is kind of intimidated by this Gran Torino as he's shaking very violently as uh, he's talking about him. It's very, very much kind of he's uh, afraid of him in a way. But one can only wonder what this Gran Torino meant to All Might in the past. Oh, yes. And then we find out what Ida wants to, where he wants to intern and he cho- chooses to go to Hosu City, the same place where Stain took out Ingenium. So it seems like he has some... Um, ulterior motives for wanting to choose his uh, place of internship. Oh, Ida, what hell are you entering into? And so the day comes for 1A to leave for their internships, and before Ida leaves, Deku and Uraraka try to talk to him, but they just couldn't really bring up the whole Hosu City subject, and they leave without saying anything. And so the first half of Season 2 comes to a close with Deku being introduced to Gran Torino, a tiny, weird-looking old guy who looks nothing like what he imagined. Also being face down in what appears to be blood. (laughs) 
and doesn't seem to really know who he is. Oh, hello, old mentor. But we'll pick that back up next time. And so, final thoughts on on the first half of season two on this sports fest arc. Ooh, so strong. So good. Yeah. (laughs) It was such a good move to go into this for, like, the next big arc of the series. God, it's, 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 it's nonstop fun from beginning to end. It has so much good, you know, long-time defining character development for our uh, players and the story here. And uh, excellent action, excellent animation all around. You know, the, the, the team still, sh- the animation team still showing that even, like, going into the second season, they're not going to sacrifice any budget. They're not going to sacrifice any talent. No. They're going to barrel forward because this is a story worth telling. Absolutely. You know, the whole thing with, like, tournament arcs being, like, a staple in Shonen series and some people can get kind of tired of them, but I'm kind of thinking, like, nah, tournament arcs can be, like, can be, like, really good as long as you do them right. Yes, so long as you do it right, so long as you write it right, Mm -hmm. it can be fantastic. You know, it's not like, say, Dragon Ball Super with the Tournament of Power as it just keeps dragging and dragging. Yeah, yeah, where you just get tired of it and you're just, like, counting down when it ends. Yeah, but no, with this, it's just, like, 13 episodes, you're just like, okay, I'm hyped for every single episode. Right, it's tightly written, it lays out exactly what what it needs to do, it doesn't, like, waste any time, it doesn't bullshit around... It just it, and it delivers in every aspect. And as like as intense as it as it really gets, it's still a very fun sort of recreational arc. You know, a very nice. It's kind of a come down from the whole uh, USJ incident, but it still like really raises things up a bit because of how like really good all these competitions, all these fights are, and how again how clever everyone gets with their quirks. Like this is a thing that I will be saying a lot with the show. How clever the show really gets with superpowers. Precisely. I can't remember a tournament arc. Like the last tournament tournament arc that I loved this much. Yeah, this probably got to be one of my favorite tournament arcs. Yeah, one of if not my favorites as well. And also just setting up a lot of stuff for the near future, just like you know building up characters that we only got little glimpses of in the first season, like Todoroki or Tokoyami, introducing us to more of Todoroki, especially like his backstory of like where he came from and how much of an asshole his dad is. Just every single thing is just so good, and also those last moments with introducing Stain, which we're gonna have. We're gonna have, like, a bit of a field day talking about him, because he's... Holy crap, is he just interesting. It's been an incredible auger for the future here. And, ugh, more, so much more fun to come. Yeah, this is, o- this is only the first part of Summer of Heroes here. We're just scratching the surface, and we're about to get into some really... Get down and dirty into some real good stuff here. Oh, yeah, this is only, like, part one. This is, like, the Avengers here for us right here, yeah, okay? Is. Like, a- Avengers Age of Ultron yeah, this is, is coming of- up for us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what the next episode's gonna be all like. Although I can assure you it's gonna be more satisfying than Age of Ultron. And a much better villain. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to this first part of Summer of Heroes. I've been your host, Mikey, and you can find me at my social medias, at Mikey Shoda on Twitter, and MikeyShiota.tumblr.com. And where can we find you, Ryan? You can find me at WolfishGrin on Twitter and WolfishGrin on Tumblr. Although, uh, if you're looking me up on Twitter, I might be using a new little handle. I don't know. I'm pretty proud of it. I, <laughs> I know I, what you're talking about. I, just, uh, I was feeling in the summary mood, and I just looked at this image, and I thought, like, oh, if, that's, if that doesn't spell summer, I don't know what. So I just took uh, an image of, like, a Venusaur from Pokemon Stadium with, like, bloodshot eyes, and I just, like... <laughs> took that picture and put it in i just called myself uh, high as fuck Venusaur. <laughs> yeah that was great i don't even do pot but i just looked at that and i'm all like i want that as my twitter as my twitter <laughs> line 
Twitter tag. Oh man, you got me beat. I just have a picture of Kyo from uh, Fruits Basket, and I just say Fruits Mikey with a little cat emoji on mine. <laughs> oh, but I'm all set with the summer for that. Oh, and also follow the show's Twitter at anime underscore baby. That's anime underscore B-A-Y B-A-Y. Yes, and please look out for us to, for more things to come. Um, as far as things are to come, uh, we are uh, currently considering, I don't know, can we announce this on like the podcast that we're... Uh, Considering some artwork uh, to commission. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we're actually uh, com- we're actually thinking about uh, commissioning some artwork. Uh, we've been kind of looking around for some artists, and uh, I don't know. We think we might have found uh, a really good one based on some of the uh, artwork that we've seen from her. So uh, please look out for that in the future, and um, whatever idea may uh, come out of that, where uh, you know, Mikey over here, he's coming up with some really good ideas. Yeah, I got I got some plans for like uh, what I want as a bit of a header header image for like our Twitter page and also our. Uh, Podbean website thing. Yes, and you've told me the idea for it too, and uh, man, I'm I'm super excited for it. It's a good one. I'm kind of I'm kind of fine tuning the details a bit, but I think this is what I want to go with. Oh yes, and like the the artist we found for it too, like man, where it's I I love her work quite a bit from like the small amount that I've seen of her. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to what we have to bring. Yeah. So fingers crossed. Hopefully she uh, accepts our commission, and hopefully we can uh, get things rolling. Oh yeah, the good times are just about to roll for summer. And also, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please send them to animebaybaypod at gmail.com. That's animebaybaypod, can't stress that enough, at gmail.com. Thanks once again for listening, and join us next time as Summer of Heroes continues with My Hero Academia Season 2, Part 2, The Hero Killer Arc. The hero business has just begun, folks. And this has been... Anime, baby! Mouth